Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 58 of Thirst and Goal. Can you believe it? I can believe it, Ben. I was just about to ask that question myself so you don't have to, (laughs) but you did, and uh, I can believe it. So the NFL season is over. The XFL kicked off today. Yeah, and a little birdie told me that you might have watched some of the game. I watched a little bit. I watched a little bit of the games. Uh, we had the D.C. Defenders versus, I think it was the Tampa Bay, no, 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 Seattle, the Seattle Dragons. And uh, later on in the day, we had the Wildcats versus the Roughnecks of Houston. So I watched a little bit today, Ben, and uh, I, I would say I was impressed with the presentation. It was much better than the AAF. The talent looks better than the AAF. Um, it's great that they, you know, it was on Fox. It was also on ABC, I believe, as well. Um, so that's great that they have, you know, the regular network stations that anybody can tune into. You don't have to have cable or anything. Uh, but I was, I was impressed. You know, did you watch anything at all? I didn't. Today okay. I was, uh, I was on husband duty. Yeah. Today, uh, you know, first Saturday of the, the end of the NFL season. <laughs> so a little bit of yard work, garage work and shopping. And online shopping today. Uh, so yeah, it was the Seattle Dragons losing to the DC Defenders 31 to 19. Uh, so did you, what did you think of it? Did you see any of the rule changes or any of the? No, the kickoff was pretty interesting. The kickoff is interesting. Uh, they kick off further than the NFL does, but the players line up a little bit closer to each other. So they're about five yards off of each other and they can't rush the receiver until he catches the ball. Uh, so that's, that's actually a pretty interesting change. I mean, it's something that maybe the NFL to reduce injuries they should consider. Um, so uh, that was a good idea, but I'm not sure about the extra point rules. I, I'm, you know, uh, where it's uh, a one point from the two yard line, from the five yard line, it's, it's, uh, two points. And then from, I think from the 10 yard line, I can't remember what it is, but it's a three points from there. So I think they should still have the option for the extra point. They should just move it a little bit further back because the kickers, are not the greatest kickers. Are not and, the and greatest so, kickers. I mean, Nick Novak uh, was on the yeah. field today, and so you know he's he was he was in the NFL for quite a while. But a couple of familiar faces, you know, Eli Rogers, Ben. Yeah, you know, I heard former. that. I was a little bit sad that the Steelers didn't actually. Are, are I guess they cannot pick him up once he's under contract with uh-huh. the with the XFL. But I thought they should have traded him in for uh, Ryan Switzer this year because Switzer couldn't get out of his own way. Mm-hmm. But I I hope Eli Rogers gets a chance, plays well. This season, and it gets picked up by an NFL team next season. And Cardell Jones also um, playing today, a familiar face, a familiar name. And then uh, for Eagles fans, Donnell Pumphrey, um, you know, not a regular season guy, but uh, a preseason, uh, not even a bench guy. He was actually uh, on the practice squad mostly, and he just didn't make it. He didn't make the cut. So, you know, he's playing for the D.C. Defenders. But so was uh, Boston Scott. Boston Scott was yeah, a practice squad yeah, guy, well, and won. your uh, future backup quarterback uh, Ward was it Ward Greg oh, yeah, Ward Greg, Greg. who was also a practice squad who came yeah. up big down the yeah, stretch. That, that is true. That is true. But I mean, they showed a little bit uh, more flash than uh, than Donnell Pumphrey ever did. And the L.A. Wildcats, who were I think six point underdogs today. Lose big to the Houston Roughnecks, 37 to 17. And that's also pretty interesting. On the scoreboard, they actually show the betting over under and all that. So, I mean, oh, do they really? They, they actually do. Oh, I got to watch it, yeah. tomorrow because the two games tomorrow, the mm-hmm. 
Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Vipers at the New York Guardians and the St. Louis Battle Hawks at the Dallas Renegades tomorrow. So who are you going to root for this season, Ben? Oh, yeah, I'm rooting for the L.A. Wildcats. Yeah, LA, I gotta, L.A. Wildcats? I mean, longtime listeners of the show will know I was at the championship game here at the L.A. Coliseum when the Los Angeles Extreme won the first inaugural or the first season of, and the, only. of the XFL. The first and only <laughs> season of the XFL in the rain in Los Angeles watching Tommy Gunn, Tommy Maddox win it for the L.A. Extreme. Yeah, but I mean the the stadium, the uh, the D.C. Defenders, uh, they were the home team. It looked like it was mostly full. They they play in the same stadium as the D.C. United uh, soccer team does. Um, but the Roughnecks, their stadium, you know, the whole top section was sort of empty. Um, so it wasn't completely full. Maybe it's just a larger stadium and maybe it just looked that way. Um, but, you know, I, I think this league will find a little more success in the AAF and they have the funding to do so moving forward. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And we'll talk more about, you know, the XFL. And I'm sure you have that a little bit later in our, in our uh, agenda. Yeah, we got to have something to bet on. You yeah. <laughs> gotta have something to bet, some football to bet on. It's I think an eight game season or a ten game season. Yeah, I think the uh, the championship game is going to be April twenty sixth, I believe, somewhere around there. It's sometime in April. I can't remember the exact date. So it's you know pretty much a two month season, and uh, I think they probably should have started the season a little bit later than one week after the Super Bowl. Yeah, and we talked about this off the pod last week. I don't under. I mean, even even I need a little bit of a break. From football after decompress. the Super Bowl to decompress a little yeah. bit. I mean, I'd watch another NFL game this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, maybe three or four weeks, give people a little time to miss it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to sort of decompress, get it all out of their system, especially those that have been watching it really closely for, you know, 17 weeks plus the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. starting it, I think, Friday, I think you suggested March or April yeah, to start say, the league. I mean, if, if you're going to have only a two-month season, why not start in March and end it in May? You know, because I mean, well, you have March Madness, I guess, but you know, have it on a Saturday, late in the afternoon, or whatever, on a Sunday, late in the afternoon. I, I, I think they they would you know slot right in between some of those games. Um, so I, I think the league would find a little more success if they start a little bit later because of the decompression. Yeah, know? I mean, everyone needs it, and, and yeah. I think they're going to run up. I think the fear there was that they were going to run up against the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think but, people yeah, have the start, appetite for both. That'll start a little bit later too. You know, so I, I mean, it's it's. Yeah, like you said, I I think a little bit of both would be okay because when the AAF first started, um, it was just football too soon. Yeah, and then by about March, we were like, I wish we had some, you know, football, you know, late March, sometime around there. And and uh, by that time, it was almost too late yeah. for the AAF because they just were running out of funding and they just, you know, the the league folded. Um, but I think this this yeah. league will um, it'll it'll stick around. It seems like I mean I'm just reading uh, you know some of the comments on Instagram and on Facebook regarding the league. It seems like a lot of people are happy with it. Are they're happy with the with the talent level and uh, they're also happy with the new rule changes as well. Yeah, and the, I mean last year, if I, I mean if you listen to the, uh, the podcast we had last year, you guys were so sick. Of me having the AAF on the agenda for like four or five straight yeah. weeks. I think this can be different. Because no one was, I was the old, I think I might have been the only one in Los Angeles it. that was watching it. But, uh, yeah, so Ben's a Wildcat fan. Yeah, I'm a Wildcat fan. I'll root fan. for the Wildcats. And Sonia, who is a Seattle Seahawks fan, is Dragons all the way. Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, Sonia may make an appearance later on tonight. She's a little bit under the weather, so we may not have Sonia on the pod tonight but Friday, what are you drinking over there over here ben i have a little bit of that jack rye that we weren't too excited about last week uh but when you add a little bit of coke to it it's much better yeah it's a perfect 
mixing rye. So Jack Daniels is not a sipping rye, more of a mixing rye. It is. It is because it's it's less sweet than the regular Jack, and so it it's kind of nice with a little bit of Coke. What about you, Ben? I am fin. It is killed. The Boom. the uh, Copper and Kings Brandy Company Moons of Jupiter Gin has been killed. That is the last of that bottle. I'm drinking it a, with a little bit of rosemary, a little bit of tonic, and a nice lime in there. But that will be the last of that bottle. So next week, hopefully, we'll have a new gin uh, to give a review of, and then I'll be drinking until that bottle is killed. Killed the Opier, killed the the Drum Chambeau Gunpowder uh irish gin and there were a bunch of different gins so far that i've killed uh but uh, this is a really really good one i highly recommend the copper and kinks any mm-hmm. of their line they have a uh, four or five different flavored gins in their line uh they manufacture it down in kentucky it's an interesting interesting company making a different kind of gin and i highly recommend it yeah. Ronnie. and you know, another thing, Ben, before we get into the uh, what, what's on the big board in our agenda for tonight, I did start watching Ooh, you did All or Nothing on Amazon Video. Nice. So for anybody out there that has Amazon Video, I highly recommend this uh, show, or it's almost like a documentary, basically, about the Eagle season. And they've done this for the last couple of seasons. I don't remember who was uh, on it in the past. I didn't pay much attention to it. But after watching the first two episodes, I'm definitely going to tune in and watch you know, the, the last few seasons um, because it really does give a great perspective on the game um, uh, you know, from a different angle, basically. Because you know we're so used to watching the game from the sideline. This one, you hear from the players, you hear from the coaches, you hear from the media within that city. Yeah. And you hear what how they feel. And they're hardcore. They feel exactly like I yeah. do. Um, so it's great, Ben. I know you haven't watched it yet, so we're not going to talk about it too much. But I did watch the first two episodes, and it's basically that it covers the first uh, four games of the Eagles season. Yeah, Gritty, the uh, mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers, was, uh, was uh, acquitted, or the assault charges against Gritty were dropped this week. For So Philadelphia sports fans will be happy to know that. There was an interesting, I think it was Stephen Colbert essentially said, that Gritty is the first Philadelphia sports fan to have assault <laughs> charges dropped against them. Normally, they find their way to trial. Uh, but yeah, Sonny and I are also going to watch it, and we'll give you our take on the show. Mm-hmm. And kudos to Doug Peterson for showing up and making a cameo in the Chiefs locker room <laughs> after the Super Bowl. I could have sworn it was him. I had to confirm it with Franny tonight, but it was, in fact... Doug Peterson back there with the black slacks and the white T-shirt sort of slinking around behind Andy Reid there. Uh, but he that just goes to show how beloved Andy Reid is that, that so many people showed up to be there for that moment. They were waiting in the wings hoping that they could share it with him. Exactly. Franny, exactly. what are we going to talk about tonight? Tonight, Ben, we're going to make a shout out to our new listeners. We have our Super Bowl wrap-up. We did have our bonus episode last Sunday. It was sort of our, our uh, fast take on the game right afterward it was basically before uh halftime and then right after the game uh so we have a few more thoughts on that we have our shout outs to our fellow podcasters out there we have our nfl news and ben's feel good story well, it's our feel-good story. <laughs> yeah, but you love them. I do, I do. <laughs> and then we also have our Thirst and Goal team news, our tag team news. Uh, my Eagles, Ben's Steelers, and Sonya's Seahawks. We have some housekeeping. We also have, do we have a betting corner? We do. We to, have a betting corner. To announce corner. the uh, 
the dissolution of the betting corner unless we figure out a way to bet on the XFL. XFL, and I will figure They're out. They're making a way. it easy. I will for figure fans out, a way. out there. They they put it right up on the scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, we have our shot of the week. So Ben, as a gag gift, got me uh, uh, the big badass book of shots, and so it has fourteen hundred recipes. So we're gonna start from A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so we have the first one from that book. Uh, We have our beverage of the week, which is a cognac. And we have our beer uh, from Alagash. Last week, we were really disappointed with the beer that we tried. Alagash, we have not been disappointed with any of their beers so far. So I figured this one, we're going to throw it in because I'm sure we'll be happy with this one. Absolutely. Finally, what's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, we have a shout out to our new listeners yes thank you all so much longtime listeners and new listeners to the show and if you're out there listening right now please consider going to our website thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com and find your podcatcher and subscribe and leave us a review please 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 huge favor we'd love to ask you if you know someone a friend a relative a co-worker anyone you think would also like the show grab their phone from them search thirsting gold podcast in their podcatcher and please 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 Spread the word about our podcast. We have new listeners internationally. We have a new listener from Singapore, Mexico. We have a new listener from the Netherlands. Love our European listeners. New listener from Spain. Another new listener from Serbia. One from Hungary. Another from Bangladesh. Our first listener from Jordan. Uh, listener from Norway, New Zealand, France, China, Canada, another new listener from Canada and Australia. We are very popular in Australia for some strange reason, but thank you all, Oceania. All right, we o- also have Oceania? some. Oceania? Oceania? Is it Oceania? Oceania? I think, is it Oceania? O- o- uh, some, something like something that. Something like that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to Franny on that. If anyone that has listened to the show for a long time knows uh, my lack of geography, <laughs> ge- geographic knowledge, uh, we have new listeners from Toronto, from Seattle. From San Francisco, from La Vista, Nebraska, from Manhattan, New York. Thank you, New York. New listener from Ho, Ohio, Fruit Cove, Florida, down in the dirty, dirty. New listener from Chesapeake, Virginia, Santa Clarita, California, from right up the road from us, Shaw, Washington, Paradise, Nevada, out in the desert, out in the desert with the mesquite and the cacti. A uh, new listener from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. New listener from Denver. Fly, Eagles fly. Exactly. New listener from Portland, Oregon. Columbia, South Carolina. New listener from Yankee Country in the Bronx. New York. New listener from Westminster, California, down the south of us. New listener from Milton, West Virginia. Santa Rosa, California. Ravia, Oklahoma. North Hollywood, California in the house. Santa Barbara, California. And a new listener from, I think it's our first new listener from Kalua, Kaliua, Hawaii. A new listener from Bristol, Virginia. And a new listener from Palm City, Florida, down in the dirty, dirty. That's just a sampling of our new listeners from this week. Couldn't name them all, but thank you all so, so much for listening. We truly, truly appreciate it. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our Super Bowl wrap-up. So we've had a week now to let it sort of to sink digest. in. What do you think, Ben? I'm still excited about it. I'm still excited that we had a really, really hard-fought Super Bowl with a good amount of strategy, a good number of weighty decisions that both coaches had to make one of them making the right decision, the more aggressive decision, going for it on fourth down, 
slinging the ball around. Uh, in the second half of that game, especially in the fourth quarter of that game, even though Mahomes did not look very good. And on the flip side of that, Kyle Shanahan being too conservative, not calling yep. those timeouts yep. or that timeout at the end of the first half out of fear that Patrick Mahomes might get the ball. And again, in the second half, not running the ball enough to keep the ball and get the hands out or get the ball out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball too, too much. Uh, Franny, what about you? What do you think? Um, well, I'm, I'm happy for Andy Reid. You know, being an Eagles fan, I'm really happy that Andy Reid finally won one after so many years of coaching, 21 years, you know, 14 years with the Eagles. He just was not able to win one uh, after so many trips to the NFC Championship game. It was disappointing <laughs> for for Eagles fans, but I'm so happy for Big Red. Uh, he finally won one. And like you said, Ben, uh, the more aggressive coach won, the more aggressive team won, and it was a great game. I mean, it, it was way better than last year. Last year was so disappointing with the Rams and the Patriots, so we, I was happy to see a good Super Bowl, finally, because that 2017 one was awesome, too. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I watched all the news, con- you know, I watched the press conferences, I watched the tried to get a little sound from the Chiefs parade, but really, honestly, there wasn't really much that interesting about yeah, that parade I mean, I that I like, would want to play on the air. The Kelsey speeches. was trying to be too much like his brother. Yeah, you know? I mean, I get the wrestling belt, and the, but the speech, I, I, I listened to all of it. I'm like, what can, what can we play on the podcast that would yeah. be interesting? And I really... Didn't really didn't find really anything. Find yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't as, as fun. I mean, as because his brother. Oh, did his it brother, first. man. We played that. We yeah, played we, part we, of that we, speech and last that year. That was great. That was great. Uh, or two years ago, that was great. But uh, yeah, he, I mean, he, he was just trying to copy him way too much. It's like you know, come up with your own sort of your own shtick. Stick, exactly. But the one press conference little tidbit I wanted to play is this. They had three timeouts. It was 10 to 10. Um, the last thing we were going to do was allow them to get the ball with three timeouts, especially with their quarterback and offensive speed um, to go in there and score beha- before half. Felt real good. Um, 10 to 10, especially with us starting with the ball. Um, thought it played out all right. Thought we should have got points, but um, they um, ended up calling that P.I. on Kittle. So it took it away. Yeah, I mean, and that to me is the story of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you have two minutes to go and before the, the second, before halftime, and that's your strat. Your strategy is fear. Your strategy is defensiveness and fear. You have two minutes. You can't keep the ball the way that you've been running the ball all season. You're afraid that two minutes yep. with your quarterback and your running game that you're going to f- be forced to punt and they're going to score within that two minute time frame. They even with the three timeouts. It just that answer to me didn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, especially with mentioning that penalty on uh, on Kittle. I mean, in my opinion, it was. Uh, offensive pass interference, um, but you can't point to that. I mean, he has to point the finger at himself for not calling the timeout and giving his team more time. Because even if that penalty was called and he had called timeouts earlier, especially on fourth down, call a timeout and stop the clock, you still would have had more time after that penalty. They only had about what fifteen seconds left after that penalty, or something, something like that. Where if if he did call a timeout, he probably would have had closer to maybe fifty seconds or so. So I mean, you know, he he's pointing the finger at the referee, but. It was him. It was him at the end of the half, and it was him at the end of the game. And, you know, he did the same exact thing with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, he, it was 24-3 to in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure who was calling the shots. I don't know if it was Dan Quinn or whether it was him, but um, he made some terrible uh, offensive decisions against the Patriots when he was with Atlanta, and in this game, the same thing. He just did not – I don't know if he didn't just didn't trust in – uh, uh, Jimmy G or or whatever it was, but I mean, you have 106 yards of running or, or rushing going into the fourth quarter, and he kind of goes away from his strength. That that was really odd to me, and so uh, the loss 
really falls on his shoulders. And uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, 49ers fans out there are, are very disappointed about that. Yeah, threw the ball too much, didn't run the ball enough. Uh, and many, many people out there that are well-respected, uh, the GM shuffle with Michael Lombardi, a lot of other podcasts out there were well in advance of the Super Bowl, essentially getting in, trying to get in Kyle Shanahan's ear to get in the ref's ear to ensure that they called holding during the game because there was no, or defensive holding and defensive penalties. Otherwise, there was no way, there was absolutely no way that, that Kyle Shanahan was going to be able to, or they were going to be able to compete in that game if they allowed, if they allowed the Chiefs defense to hold and to play the way that they had played all year. And an interesting stat that I found after this game, in all of 2019, there were 732 offensive holding calls for 2.85 per game. So the three, essentially three holding calls per game, 256 total games, zero holding calls in the Super Bowl on offense in this game or on defense in this game. So there was really, I mean, it was the one thing that I have a little bit of sympathy for uh, for Shanahan is that they didn't call any they didn't call any holding either on the Chiefs offensive line or on the Chiefs defense and they were out they were out there holding I mean Kittle I think did a lot of holding in the game as well yeah. but to have no holding game calls in that game I think hurt the 49ers they weren't able yeah but I mean being up 20 to 10 with what nine minutes left or whatever nine or eight minutes left Might in the even game like, yeah and they scored about three touchdowns less than six minutes yeah and, and so they scored 21 unanswered um, I mean, you're basically set up for victory with with the way the Niners have played the entire year with running the ball as successfully as they did. When you're up 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter, you should not lose that game. That I mean, that 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 no, especially if, when you're up by 24 points. If that's the Eagles, I'm I'm I would be pissed for years and years because of that. I mean, you don't make it a Super Bowl every year just because you have a good team. It doesn't mean you're going to make it back. The Rams thought they would be back again. And they're not—they're not back. The the Falcons thought they'd be back again because they have a good team. They were not back. The Carolina Panthers, same thing. They thought they were good enough; they'd be back. It's not easy to make it back to the Super Bowl. You don't get these chances very often. No, I mean, as, as a Steeler fan, I mean, we've had some really good teams over the last decade, and not one—not one of those teams made it to the Super Bowl. Ran up against the four, uh, the the Patriots uh, a, a few times, but the reality is, it is very, very difficult to get back to the Super Bowl. I agree with Franny a thousand percent. It is hard. Uh, regardless of how good your team is and, you know, having the Chiefs come back from a huge deficit against Houston to come back from a huge deficit against Tennessee. And I think that was in Kyle Shanahan's head. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he saw what happened during those previous two games. And instead of trying to prevent it by running the ball and playing his game, yep, he changed up his game plan through the ball too much, thought he had to score too many points outsmart himself and gave. And in fact, what, he was afraid of happening is exactly what ended up happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so still excited for, as Franny said, big red and Doug Peterson showing up there <laughs> in the, uh, in the locker room. I mean, really, really, really excited for uh, the state of Missouri and Kansas city. You know, that's that they, they deserved it 50 years for the, from their last super bowl. Great team, great offensive play caller, decent defensive Actually, I mean, their performance played, in that game. Their defense played well. I mean, their defense, uh, you know, from their week from from the point of their week thirteen by onward, they were one of the top defenses in the league, and they really proved it uh, in the Super Bowl as well. I mean, they, they shut down 
the Niners in the fourth quarter. They did not move an inch. And, um, you know, that, that deep pass, you know, from Garoppolo to I can't remember who the receiver was. I mean, he overthrew the guy, and a lot of people are giving uh, Garoppolo flack for that. Yeah. He, but it, shouldn't, it should not have gotten to that point if uh, Shanahan had called the game smartly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe dial back the. Are they going to release? Uh, yeah. <laughs> are they yeah. going to release Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, Jimmy G maybe a, dial that back is a little. He had bit. a good game. I mean, he yeah, had a good he game. Did just ask him I mean, to Mahomes, do too much. Mahomes threw two interceptions. Also, yeah, you know, two interceptions, he, two fumbles. He didn't have a great game either. Uh, you know, I mean, I think Damian Wilms was the was the MVP. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I guess Mahomes. I mean, he is the darling of the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, but he did. You know, it was whatever they call it, nerves of steel. You know, ice in the veins, whatever, the, whatever the case may be. But to come and score those those touchdowns, especially the first two touchdowns that put him ahead, you know, I mean, it does take a lot to do that. But Damian Williams had him in the position to be able to do that, and he is the one that ultimately iced, iced. that game. Mm -hmm. So, regardless, let's be happy for Andy Reid. Might not get back there. You know, who knows what 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 will happen next year? Yeah. Uh, but getting to that Super Bowl finally and winning it after losing. Uh, was it to the Patriots? The, the Patriots Eagles? last year. I mean, the, the oh, you mean the, wait, wait, with the Eagles? About, oh, with the Eagles. Yeah, he lost to the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess every AFC coach that got to the Super Bowl once and lost probably lost <laughs> to the Patriots, uh, or uh, uh, NFC coach that got to the Super Bowl and lost probably lost to the Patriots. Except uh, Coughlin. Yeah, except, yeah, except Tom Coughlin and Eli. Five years from now, we will be talking about your Hall of Fame induction exactly. as part of the NFL Honors of the Year. Deserves it, hundred percent, in my opinion, hundred uh, percent. And finally, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our shout-outs to our fellow podcasters. All right. Hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our shout-outs to our fellow podcasters. All right, everybody. We have a couple shout-outs, a couple promos that have been recorded by our fellow podcasters out there. Uh, we want to appreciate and acknowledge all of our independent NFL and sports podcasters out there that work so hard uh, for the love of the game and the love of the sport that we all enjoy, uh, so much so that we're watching the XFL in the offseason. But these guys all work very, very hard, and they have great shows. And we all are a community together, all of our NFL podcasts, our independent NFL podcasts. So the first promo that we have is from the Drunk Sports Podcast. And instead of me saying anything, I will let them tell you what they're all about. The Drunk Sports Podcast. Hi, this is IndyCar Tim with the Drunk Sports Podcast, inviting you to join me and my co-host, Big Red. Big Red. Big Red. Each Wednesday night from 8 to 10 Central Time, live on Facebook and YouTube as we discuss sports, current events, guy stuff, and everything in between. I'm not pulling it out here. Well, I might later. All while knocking back our favorite adult beverages live on the air. Hot sports takes and controversial opinions usually take over, but hilarity always ensues. Kiss off, Tim. You can also find us on your favorite podcast app like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com, or at thedrunksportspodcast.com. All right, that is the Drunk Sports Podcast. You can join them on Facebook and YouTube Live every single Wednesday night, live from Barrel and Bone Smokehouse in the Colony, Texas. 8 p.m. Central Time, or occasionally on location from a local bar or other sketchy location. They're broadcast their recording of the podcast where Big Red and IndyCar Tim discuss sports, guy stuff, and all current events. Controversial opinions will be present. Beware. 
uh, strong sports opinions and slurred speech occasionally, as we have been known to do occasionally on our podcast. Takeover and hilarity always ensues. You can find them at their website. You can look for a link in the show notes, or you can find them on Twitter at <laughs> Drunk Sports D. FW <laughs> Big Red Big Red <laughs> that, that was pretty awesome I like that I like that uh, that's I think that's better having you know the, the the promotion like that with them that's pretty awesome I like that Yeah and thank you guys I mean they're actually playing a promo that we have as well all of the podcasts that uh, that we're going yeah, to highlight they're, they're Cowboys fans though. Yeah yeah well Jeez. you know you can't you can't get everything you want in life uh, but I yes. respect that I respect that as an Eagles fan so, you know, every week we plan to play these. Uh, we're all a community, all of us independent NFL podcasters out there. So they're going to help promote our show. We're going to help promote their show. And we only do this with shows that we listen to and that we really like. Uh, so we can fully endorse all of these shows. The next promo is from the Snap UK American Football Podcast. Hi, I'm Paul, part of the Snap UK podcast team. The season may have just finished, but we continue covering all the latest news in the NFL, whether that be draft, free agency, or anything that happens. During the season, we cover every game from kickoff to Super Bowl and have in-depth opinion on our website and Twitter. Whether you like the game or four guys laughing about it, we have you covered. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use, or at the Snap UK on Twitter. Let's do this. All right, this is the Snap UK American Football Podcast. It's from the deepest depths of the home counties in southern United Kingdom. This is a great, great, great podcast. These are some guys. They just describe themselves as some guys. Some guys discuss all the goings on in the NFL every single week. This is a great podcast. You can find the link to their website in the show notes, or you can find them on Twitter at the Snap UK, uh, love the UK podcast. The podcast about the NFL it's there so from proper. Ireland. It's it is. So it is. I mean, you get IndyCar and Big Red. Yeah. <laughs> uh, IndyCar Tim and Big Red, and then you get. Well, we're going to have some tea and some <laughs> sandwiches and discuss uh, Mr. Flacco as he takes on Mr. Manning in the game Wait, of who, the week. Do you know who their teams are? Who do they uh, for? I actually don't know. Yeah. Uh, I listed about four or five of their shows to make sure that we could endorse it. I wonder if it's the Jacksonville Jaguars because they're sort of, you know, I, w- I would say, Lon- I'm not sure if they're from London, but I mean, Southern UK. From, yeah. so, Southern UK. So I wonder what their adopted team is. That'd be, that'd be interesting to find out. I can definitely message them and find out and we can let you guys know. Uh, but yeah, there's some great podcasts. Please don't be the Dallas Cowboys also. <laughs> it won't be. It okay. won't be the Cowboys. I don't, there are not a lot of Cowboys fans over there. For some uh, reason, they latch on to the worst teams, the Jags, the Browns. They do latch <laughs> on to some b- pretty bad teams. Uh, but there's some great podcasts from the UK, from Ireland. One of my favorite, uh, podcasts, uh, from that part of the world is the, uh, NFL Scotland podcast, mm-hmm. which is a great mm-hmm. podcast. They really love their NFL. We take it for granted. I think here having it. Every week, you know, we can get to a game, we can drive to a game, we can fly to a game pretty easy. Uh, it's, it's on and TV And it starts every week. at a respectable time. I mean, we don't have to, you know, be up at midnight watching these games or, you know, whatever time it starts over there. So, yeah, it is a, it is much easier, I guess. Yeah, respect over, these guys. Yeah. I mean, they were up at like 3 o'clock in the morning watching yeah. the Super Bowl, <laughs> I think. Uh, you know, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, you, you're not going to get me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. For the Super Bowl, maybe. For the I mean, Super Bowl, for the not Eagles. For, when the, the Eagles played in London last year against the Jag- the the Jags, I was I was up at six a.m. for that game. Well, so, yeah, getting up. Yeah, I yeah, guess okay, I, could, yeah. I would probably get up at six a.m. Yeah, but, but to stay up until three, maybe, maybe, and definitely not to watch Duck Hodges. 
play in a game and not his third or fourth game. I probably wouldn't be up at three o'clock in the morning to watch that. I might just catch the box score in the morning. So respect to our NFL podcasting brethren out there in the UK, Ireland and Scotland as well. Uh, we'll do this as, as often as we can every week. And thank you so much to both of these podcasts, drunk sports podcast and the snap UK for playing our promo on their shows. Truly, truly appreciate it. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our NFL news and also a feel-good story. Oh, yeah. Hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our NFL news. All right, Ben. So you have a little bit of NFL news for us. We do. The world of the NFL. As as Frane knows all too well, uh, and Sonia knows all too well, uh, there's a strange part of my personality that looks forward to this time of year uh, because the stories, you can go more in-depth on a, on a greater, diverse, you know, scope of stories this time of year because you're not covering, you know, 15 or 16 games a week and then covering the playoffs. So you can really dig into the meat, you know, underneath the muscle, you know, underneath the fat, get to the muscle, get to the meat of what is yeah, the NFL. And, and nobody can see you grabbing <laughs> it, your belly yeah. right there, Ben. It's not a big belly. Come but on. It, just take, it takes a little bit to get through the fat there. Um, <laughs> but the smile on your face, yeah. you're so excited. I, lo- I love the off season. I do love the off season. 215 days until yeah. kickoff. And we have uh, the first new, the first news story. It's not really a news story, more of a statement of fact. And I really want to hear what Frane has to say about that. We're going to talk about the QB for the quarterback free agents here in the Mm -hmm. offseason. Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, Teddy Bridgewater, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and Taysom Hill. Frane, what do you think about a huge crop of, well, maybe not Taysom Hill, but the rest (laughs) of those guys, a huge crop of real bona fide stud quarterbacks potentially out there in free agency Mm -hmm. or begging for the franchise tag from their prospective teams. What do you think about uh, Drew Drew Brees Brees. as a free agent? That's that's pretty interesting. I mean, I think we mentioned it last week uh, about Drew Brees. Uh, I I think he should stick with the Saints. I, you know, I think he'll find the most success there, and I think the Saints would be stupid to let him go. But if he did go anywhere else... Maybe the San Diego Chargers, you know, not not San Diego, L.A. Chargers. Well, that, but that's even the though, point, right? The yeah. point, that, that's why he doesn't want to go there. No one even knows where <laughs> they play. But that's where he started. <laughs> yeah. He started with the San Diego Chargers and then to come back now with the L.A. Chargers and, you know, barely fill a, a stadium of 20,000 people. With him, though, they, might they fill could it. fill that 80,000-seat stadium um, opening next season. Yeah, I mean, apparently he's either, you know, he's, uh, the, you know, the the ubiquitous, I'm going to discuss it with my family stuff. My family wants me to play, but I don't know whether I want to play. Uh, so allegedly he's going to, you know, discuss it with his family and, and either retire or come back to the Saints. But I agree. I mean, do you think, do you think he has enough left in the tank to I do. come back? I, do. I think he does. I mean, he, he doesn't seem like he has the same arm strength that he did a few years ago. Yeah. But I still think, I mean, he's just, he's, he's smart. You know, he, 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 he just has so much experience playing the game that even if he loses a little bit of that strength like Peyton Manning did, I mean, Peyton Manning late in his career could barely throw the ball 15. He did look pretty bad, but Drew Brees still has it in him. Oh, I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, he didn't agree to take less money, but he did agree to take, (laughs) he did agree to take less snaps next year. If for some, if they're able to bring back Bridgewater or Hill along with him, Mm -hmm. he's agreed to sort of take a backseat and be open 
maybe not a ride share thing where you know you you drive today and I drive tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be driving most of the time, or you'll be driving most of the time. But he has opened up the possibility that that he won't always be you know be behind the wheel of the car if they can bring back one or one or the other of those guys. Mm-hmm. So I agree with Franny. I think I think Drew Brees has still got enough left in the tank. They had a great season. Oh, of course, I mean, they had yeah. a great season. Great receivers, decent defense, good head coach, the best receiver in the league, the best receiver in the league. Yeah. Um, although DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, I'd, I'd put him and Julio Jones. Uh, I'd put Julio Jones at number one. I'd put Thomas at number two, and I'd put Hopkins at number three. That would be, and I put Odell Beckham Jr. at number uh, thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been happy with him. But I agree. Yeah. I agree with Friday. He should come back to the Saints. I mean, yeah. they have everything he needs there. The quarterbacks are too hard to find. Where is he conceivably going to go? Even if mm-hmm. he went to Los Angeles to but play But the with only the problem Chargers. is if they sign him for a large contract or a large deal, I mean, for at least even two seasons, if they give him about $30 million a year, because I don't think he's going to take any less than $30 million. He wouldn't sign for 20-some million. I think it's going to be oh, yeah. 30, oh, yeah. 30 or oh, yeah. more for him. They would also lose out on Bridgewater Hill, they can potentially still keep because I don't. I don't know how many teams are stumbling to uh, stumbling over each other to try to sign Hill. I don't think it's too uh, many. Yeah, not too many. Not like zero. Uh, but Bri- <laughs> Bridge, Bridgewater, though, Bridgewater did show a lot of promise yeah, this year sure. in those five games that he they won did all play. five games. Exactly, exactly, and it was great coaching, and and he also did a great job himself filling in. But uh, you know, I I think potentially the Saints could keep. Breeze and Hill, but Bridgewater, he might end up somewhere else. Ben, what do you think about Bridgewater? I think so. And I think he could be a bona fide starter somewhere. Uh, I'd love to see the Steelers pick him. I would love to have Bridgewater yeah. as our backup this year. Yeah. But I think there's a really leaves, good chance that he would play even as a backup yeah. because uh, Roethlisberger is getting older. Uh, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Uh, you know, he, you know, he's the uh, William Refrigerator Perry of quarterbacks right now. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I agree with Franny. I think Bridgewater could, there's a lot of teams that, that, could start. I mean, Miami, Bridgewater Miami, tomorrow. Who, who does Miami have? Miami has absolutely nobody right now. Oh, they have Josh Rosen. Yeah, they have Josh. Yeah, what are your favorite <laughs> quarterbacks? Yeah, they have Josh Rosen. Uh, and they have uh, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, well, I mean, Fitzpatrick, I don't have anything against Fitzpatrick. Is he under contract? I don't even know. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know if he's under contract. I think he, he, he seems like he's like a one deal, one year kind of guy. But he would sign. Yeah, he's collecting uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to be in his basement. His basement's going to be really crowded. It's, it's just way too much wall. shit in his basement. A whole wall of, of different jerseys. <laughs> uh, but Bridgewater could easily sign with them. I mean, who knows? We're going to move on to uh, Jameis Winston as well. I mean, Ooh. Jameis Winston, if Jameis Winston moves out of town, you know, bring Bridgewater in there. I, I'm sure Bridgewater would probably sign for less than Jameis Winston would for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, you have the the LA Chargers as well. I mean, so there, there are quite a few and suitors. And the Raiders potentially also uh, that would be looking for, you know, Bridgewater. Yeah, because cars on the outs. That's a great segue. So you want to go to, to Jameis Winston and James that, Winston? that would actually be you the just thir- you just thirty for my thirty. Spidey sense is tingling now. The thirty for thirty. Yeah, that would be <laughs> thirty for thirty. ESPN. <laughs> we're featuring all the quarterbacks that threw for thirty or more uh, touchdowns, touchdowns or thirty or more interceptions. It's one episode, and it's Jameis Winston. Yes, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's what he's done. I mean, thirty touchdowns is pretty impressive. Well, it's not that impressive when you just chuck the ball all over the fucking he's, place. Yeah, he is. I mean, if he, it's not like you know, I, I bet you if. if if Aaron Rodgers was willing to throw 30 plus interceptions, he'd probably score 50 touchdowns. Maybe. If he's just going to yeah. sling it downfield, no matter, you know, keep taking, just chuck it down there. Eventually the receivers are going to yeah. catch it. That's, that's a tough one. I'm not sure what Tampa Bay is looking to do with him. Uh, you know, I, they got a franchise him, I think. That's the only thing they can do. Probably, probably. 
I mean, I, I don't know. But do you want to franchise him for a guy 30 that just threw plus million? I don't know what his first yeah, 30, is, 30 plus million dollars would be to franchise. I think, I think the, the quarterback franchise would be $33 million. So, yeah, I think, somewhere around there. Dak. Somewhere around there, yeah. So I mean, it's a, they have a tough decision to make. But if, if they could bring in, I'm sure they're going to call Drew Brees and see, you know, what they can offer him as, as sort of a, you know, a, a, I don't know, like a, a bookmark until they get their next guy. You know, they might draft somebody. And if they can get Drew Brees down there or whatever, I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, it's right down the freeway. Or, or, you know, Bridgewater. You know, uh, Jameis Winston is, he's, he's too erratic. You got you know? me I mean, excited now. Yeah. <laughs> he's just too erratic with the football. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's just, 30 interceptions. Jesus Christ, man. I could throw 30 interceptions. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you really did just get me excited. Uh, the thought of Bridgewater down there with Arians and that offense mm-hmm. is exciting. Mm-hmm. I think that that is exactly what Bruce Arians would want. A disciplined, smart, talented quarterback who's sort of, you know, middle of the pack for, you know, top tier quarterback. Because mm-hmm. they have a great offense. Yeah. They have great, great weapons. And, and decent defense. And their defense is also pretty good as and their well. defense is going to get better with the draft yeah i i'm excited i yeah. I, I am you i mean you, you heard look, it here first folks <laughs> i mean probably at, not but you look at that you look at that division let's say let's say you know it's you know they the saints do sign drew Brees, so an older drew Brees, and you have the carolina panthers who also don't know which direction to move in and then you have the atlanta falcons who you know at the end of the season they they, sh- they showed a little bit of promise but Seven and nine is also not spectacular as well. So that, I mean, that's a division with Bridgewater in Tampa Bay. They could maybe win it. That's you know? nice, though. That is a really nice thought because I, I, if it were me, I wouldn't franchise James Winston. I wouldn't go another year with him. Mm-hmm. He's he's five years in. Yeah, yeah. It's five years. It's not. He's it, people forget that he's been in the league for five years. He's been a starter, I think, for four of those five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get any better. He can stand up at the podium and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would be a billionaire if I hadn't just spent a billion dollars at, a, you know, that's essentially what he said. I would be a top tier quarterback if yeah. I didn't throw 30 interceptions, yep. but you did. <laughs> and, you, and you've been playing that way most of your career. So I, I would not pay this guy $33 million. I mean, what's what the best case scenario I mean, is you yes, pay him, they I mean, do well, and then they don't get, they don't have a quarterback in the following year because they finished too great, too well in the season. I mean, you have, you have Evans and you have, you know, Godwin out there. Huge Arguably the, the best tandem in the league as far as receivers go, and you're throwing 30 interceptions. That's that's right. unca- that's uncalled for, really. Right. I mean, you just can't, you can't throw 30 interceptions. I mean, maybe he's just closing his eyes and throwing it down the field and saying, "Hey, one of these guys will catch it." Yeah, and I think that was I mean that was kind of the point I was trying to make is is you can't look at those two numbers in a vacuum. 30 interceptions, you know, on one side of the shelf, and then 30 touchdowns on the other side of the shelf. Mm-hmm. Those things have but a relationship most- to each other. He had the most uh, uh, yards in the league this year at 5,000 and some yards ahead of uh, Prescott. I mean, um, yeah, but Roethlisberger's done it. Mm, yeah. 5,000 plus yards, but without throwing without 30, 30 interceptions. interceptions. Exactly, yeah. And so that's pretty interesting. What, you know, they're, it's going to be a tough decision for uh, for Tampa Bay and, and, and Bruce Arians. If I'm Arians, I let him go. I mean, trade up in the draft, potentially get a, get one of the five quarterbacks that's coming out this you never year. Know. Maybe they will. Sign Bridgewater. You know, sign Rivers mm-hmm. for a year if mm-hmm. you have to. Yeah, if you to, can. To, you if know. you can to get him through another. But I would if not you give this guy $33 million. Dalton is available. Yeah, Dalton, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, one of my... That w- I, I would <laughs> I would start Andy Dalton before I would start James Winston I, w- I again. think he would find success. And I mean, well, they have to fix that offensive line. They definitely have to fix it. If if, if you do bring in, you know, like a Dalton sort of guy, you still... You, I mean, you really need to work on your offensive line because their offensive line, they have a great offense, they have a good defense, but their offensive line is one of the worst in yeah, the that's league. True. That's true. And so, you know, maybe that's why 
why um, you know Winston's uh, interception numbers were elevated because of that. You know, just running for his life. But then again, you know, Russell Wilson's also running for his life, and he's not throwing thirty interceptions. So I don't know. It's it, there's it, there's a lot of decisions to be made in Tampa Bay. Yeah, but it would be it would be a shame for them to bring him back on the franchise tag when. Nine games, eight yeah. games, nine <laughs> games, and not be able to get a quarterback the following year because you know you're picking too low in the draft, mm-hmm. or you got to trade away so many draft picks. That's true too. Yeah, to move, you up. could win just enough games. Yeah, where you look sort of respectable, but then you're picking middle of the draft. So, next up, your favorite quarterback. Oh yeah, Dak <sighs> Prescott. I was gonna say maybe I should grab. Yeah, you probably that. should. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, tell uh, well, well, I'll tell you guys. Yeah, I'll grab the I'll grab so, the show. So as part of you know, this show is we are a show about football, fun, friends, bourbon, and beer reviews. That is what we do here. We talk football. We review bourbon. We review beer. We review rye, cognac, and scotch on this show. That is what we do. So when one of us and we all have our teams, our teams that we love down to our very soul. Frane loves the Eagles. I love the Steelers. And Sonia loves the Seahawks. So if any of us say anything nasty about a team in our division, a division rival, we have to do a shot of something usually not too bad, but sometimes terrible. Uh, rum, <laughs> Jack Fire, Jim Beam Fire, Jim, Jim Beam, Beam Apple. Apple. Yeah, there's the Apple. Actually, uh, the Apple's not that bad. So we, you know, so that that's sort is... of our drinking game on the show. And since Dak Prescott is next up on the docket, I might say something negative about the Dallas Cowboys or Dak Prescott, which I haven't said anything negative about Dak Prescott. I mean, Dak Prescott did have a good season. Like I just said, he uh, was second uh, in the league uh, in in yards uh, with about five thousand and some yards. So he had he had an impressive season, but they finished eight and eight. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they they finished eight and eight, and it seems the rumor is at least that he was offered thirty three yes million or dollars more. or more or more possibly, and he didn't take that contract. I mean, how do you not take a thirty three? I mean, that thirty three million dollars is right up there with Roethlisberger. Yep, it's more than uh, than Wentz. I think Wentz is just about around thirty some, somewhere around there. Um, and uh, Russell actually Wilson went to the playoffs. He went to the playoffs with uh, a team that was devastated with injuries. And he was the MVP before he got hurt. Exactly. Well, that was back in 2017. But even this year, but though, he this, was. But he was in the running for uh, the candidate uh, as as the MVP of the league. But uh, even this year, he did pull it through at the end. Um, and and you know the Dallas Cowboys, they do as much as I hate to say this, they do have a lot of talent on that team. And to not be able to drag that team into the playoffs, maybe it's because of Mr. Clapper, I don't know. Um, Thirty three million dollars. I mean, that's what he was offered, and he didn't take it. I mean, how much does he want? I mean, and what are the Dallas Cowboys going to do, Ben? I mean, thirty three million dollars on a franchise tag. They would have to franchise because of the CBA expiring. They can use the franchise tag and the transition tag, so they could tag Prescott at thirty-three million and tag Amari Cooper at fifteen million, which I think is too much for Cooper, if you ask me. But for him to turn 33. down thirty, a lo- and it was a long-term I mean, deal. It was a five-year, sixty or seventy percent of that deal guaranteed, crazy. and he turned it down. And this week. He essentially said, don't even think about franchise tagging me. If you franchise tag me, I love I it. am leaving town. I love don't it. Don't talk to me. Print that. What did he say? He said, uh, ask whether he plans to spend much time in Dallas in the coming weeks and months. Prescott said, no. Report that. Prescott added, be sure to report 
that. So he is pissed off at Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones said this. That would be me and Stephen Jones. Yeah, he's not that good. He's well, I mean, not. No, I, I he's not forty million dollars. That's what he wants. He no, wants forty, he wants 40 he's million dollars over six years. Sixty plus of that guaranteed. Sixty plus percent of that guaranteed. He might even try to do one of these deals where he ties his salary to the percentage of the salary cap, so it goes up as the salary cap goes up. I mean, uh, excuse the language. Who is his agent? Excuse the language, folks. I can't remember who his agent is. But he's, a they're fucking, all the, he's a retard. If, but they're I mean, all the same. If he doesn't take $33 million, not, I mean, especially for five years, if, if, if it was three years, that would be $100 million. And if you're getting 60% of that, that is very generous for Dakota Prescott. Is that his name, Dakota? That's exactly why he's Dak. Oh, Dakota. Oh, good <laughs> Lord in heaven. Is he from like Oklahoma or Texas or somewhere uh, down there? I, I would probably, I would guess. Not that there's anything wrong with that, no, no, but that no, is no, a name no, that sounds, I would expect yeah. uh, from <laughs> that region of the country. <laughs> we just lost a whole bunch of listeners from there. Sorry but, about that. All of our no, Dallas fans. No, no, but, you, but, but you know we're right. You know this guy's not worth Dak, $40 million. No, no. And, and that's exactly um, what I was going to say is if he was, if, if the Dallas Cowboys dropped him tomorrow, the majority of the fan base wouldn't give a shit. He has absolutely no leverage, in my opinion, because they understand that he's not good enough. But they also understand that it's you know quarterbacks don't grow on trees, and he's a he's he's a good quarterback, but he's not you know top three, top five money type quarterback. And that's exactly what they offered him. And for him to not take that, he is a dumbass. Yeah, I, I just you're honestly, a dumbass, Dak. Dak. I'm going to take a shot. Take the shot. That's why I left Antonio Brown's apology off the agenda this this week, but I'm hoping Franny will mention it at some point, so I have to take a shot. <laughs> you can say something but negative right now if you want to take one with me. Antonio Brown apologized to the Pittsburgh Steelers, to Ben Roethlisberger, to throw Heinz Ward under the bus for no apparent reason 15 years, 16 years after the fact. Uh, no one should believe this clown. He claims he's going into mental health counseling. Uh, I don't believe the stories that are out there that he was a great guy, that he was out there. <laughs> great he, he was trying to get on the plane with Roberto Clemente to go help the needy. That's what he just was desperate to do. And then Vontez Perfect hit him one time in one game and he became a giant douchebag after that game. I will feel absolutely terrible if that turns out to be true, but I don't think that it is. I think the man is just not a very good human being. Mm. He can't control himself. And he isn't smart enough to surround himself with people who will give him advice to do what's best for him because they love him. And they're not just trying to, to suck like the, the fish that swims next to the shark that doesn't get eaten because it's right. The remora fish that's right next to the shark that that those are the friends that he's surrounding himself with. And he needs to surround himself with some people who will tell him to shut up and do what's right for his career. Antonio Brown, no one believes your apology. It's too late. And yes, there is an investigation. You said there's no investigation. The reason there's no investigation is because no one in the NFL has any plans on returning you to the field anytime soon. So they don't need to investigate anything. But rest assured, if someone wants you, they will conclude that investigation. And it's likely to find that your behavior as alleged in that investigation is very similar to every other bit of behavior that you've demonstrated. And you probably did it. So I will take the shot now. Because Antonio Brown is a douchebag. There you are, Ben. And I didn't have to bring up Antonio Brown. You brought him up yourself. And going back <laughs> to I Dak, a shot. Dakota Prescott, uh, $33 million. He should have taken the deal. He's not going to find anything better than that anywhere. Nobody's going to, no other team is going to even think for a second to sign that guy no for no that way. much money. 
I mean, the, the Dallas Cowboys, I'm surprised that they even went that high with it. I just don't even understand this team. Is, is it something? I mean, it's, it's, they overinflate the value of so many players. And they've done absolutely throughout their nothing. career. Amari Cooper is middle tier wide receiver at best. I, I, I just, say, he's, he's probably top. He's not consistent. 20s. But he's not consistent you know, in his play. You know, especially at the end of the season. And, you know, at, at the end of the season, mm-hmm. he was on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you want? Yeah. You want a guy, you want to pay a guy $15 million who's not on the field in a must win game? Mm-hmm. In, in, in the, the final minutes of the game, he's on the bench because you have Michael Gallup and I can't even remember who else was in the game. Uh, but they overvalue their players. I mean, they're almost like, they, 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 they believe they're the Yankees, but they yeah. have a salary cap. Yeah, because the Yankees don't have, well, they have a salary cap, but they because blow they have past that, it. that blue star on the side of their helmet, they think there's some sort of all-stars or something. And that's, that's just not the way it is. And I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know who Dak Prescott's agent is, but seriously, you should have taken the deal because you're not going to get anything better than that. Um, if I'm the Cowboys, but if there's a team that'll do it, it's the Cowboys. It, it, it maybe, maybe, <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's, if there's a team that will give them 40 million, it's the Cowboys. And I hope they do. As an Eagles fan, I hope they give this guy $45 million a year just so they can't sign anybody else. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's the sad. reason, the reason he's going to retire had so much success is because they had a great offensive line. This year, they lost a couple of offensive line starters and he struggled in, 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 you know, crucial game situations towards the end of the season. You know, they had that losing streak towards the end of the season where, I mean, the only team they had to beat was the Eagles who were decimated. With injuries, and they couldn't even do that. You know, they 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 started the the season three and zero. Oh, you know, you have Dallas Cowboys fans shouting out they're going to go to the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl. It's because they played shitty teams. But once they ran up against better teams, Dak Dakota Prescott could not. <laughs> Dakota, he, like as the just, world as the as the what is it as the world turns. Yeah, he, I mean, and, and a lot of his a lot. You know, I said he had five thousand some yards, but a lot of that came in in garbage time too. So. Yeah, he's he's an idiot for not taking that. I, I just can't believe it. But, I, when that when I saw that, I just couldn't believe it. Well, Jerry Jones, they did announce their new theme song for next year. That's what he'll be playing at. Uh, what's the name of that stadium down there? Luke, uh, Lucas Oil is uh, yeah. Indy. What's uh, what's the stadium down there? Where the uh, AT&T? Yeah, is it yeah, AT&T is, is it AT&T? But uh, I'm sure our uh, the London podcast, or the 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 British podcast, the Snap UK, the, the Snap UK, like. Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, sounds, exactly. <laughs> that sounds very familiar. Uh, yeah. But there are but, some great podcasts. But what do, what do you think? What do you think, though, Ben? What do, what do you think is going to happen with that guy? You know, it, like I said, I think if they dropped him, nobody would give a shit. A lot of the fans, Dallas Cowboys fans, really would not care if they sort of moved on from him and and drafted a new quarterback or or hey, fuck, Bridgewater's available. Andy Dalton's available. Maybe Drew Brees is available. Maybe Tom Brady's guys, available. Even Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say that they would be smart, but this is Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones we're talking about. So my prediction is that they will sign him, is that they're not going to franchise him. They're going to sign him to $35, $36 million over four or five years, and they're going to give him 60 to 70% of that money guaranteed because it's Jerry Jones, because he prides himself on loyalty and family, whatever that means. Uh, And that's what I, I think that the smart thing to do would be to franchise them and see what you can get next year. See mm-hmm. if you can get something in the works with draft picks, potentially trade up, potentially, you know, look to get someone in free agency. Although I don't know who's a free agent next year. I would franchise them, put them on the spot. If he wants to sit out, sit out. You don't want to make $33 million, then don't. 
uh, because they can they can pick somebody else up. But they, you know, they struggled this year. They missed the playoffs in the worst division in football Not against the Eagles, it was who terrible. had a backup quarterback. Their entire secondary decimated. They're off. They're they're. We didn't have a they, we didn't have a backup quarterback. We said we had Wentz until the playoffs. Oh, you oh that's yeah. right. You did have Wentz until the playoffs. Sorry. Uh, but they had they had their entire secondary beat up. They had part of their defensive line out. They had their offensive line out, or part of their offensive line out. And you still could how they how many games did they need to win nine to get in? Yeah, they, I mean they just had to match the Eagles' record basically. I mean you know the Eagles went in at nine and seven. And so. Zeke was healthy, and Prescott was healthy, and Cooper was healthy, and Sean Lee I think was even healthy. He was he's, and he's never healthy. He's never healthy. Vanderesh was ah was Vander Esch was out. He was out. Towards but the end of the season, yeah. Demarcus, uh, Ware. Demarcus Ware was, was or I think he was healthy. Yeah, and but they they couldn't win nine games in the worst division against the Giants, and with all due respect, the Eagles and Washington in that division. I, I mean, what do you expect him to do next year? If you, I mean, he, they should have ran away with that division. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you had Eli and 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 playing in a couple games there at the end, but you had uh, Daniel Jones starting the majority of the year. And most of the teams in that division with, um, what's his name in Washington? His name escapes me right now. Dwayne Haskins. And Case Keenum. And Case Keenum playing over there. I mean, they they, should have ran away with that division. Yeah, they should have. They should have done what Baltimore did. They should have just run away with the division. If you're a $33 million quarterback, then definitely you should. I mean, look at the the winning quarterback this year playing on, how, how much is Mahomes making this year? Uh, 1.9 million, 1.8 million, something like yeah. that. And, and the year before, uh, um, or no, he's Bra- due one point eight next year. And, I think he made and, less this year. And then, and Brady, I mean, Brady doesn't make a ton of money himself. I mean, he always takes less money. The year before that, you have Foles winning, you know, the Super Bowl and being becoming the MVP as well. So, I mean, paying quarterbacks a lot of money in the NFL is not a good idea unless their name is, you know, last name is Rogers or well, Brady anymore. or Breeze. Yeah, well, yeah. I know you love your, you love you some Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> he's got his Rogers bed sheets. Or Wilson. Uh, or Wilson. But, <laughs> but yeah, I agree with Friday. Uh, there's no way they should sign him to that kind of a contract, but they will sign him to that mm-hmm. kind of a contract. Uh, next up, last last couple, Tom Brady, a free yeah. agent. There's been a lot of talk out there about Tom Brady and that ridiculous Super Bowl ad. I mean, what do you think about Tom? I think he's going back no, to he, the Patriots. He's got to stay with the Patriots. I mean, he, he has to stay with the Patriots. He's, I mean... He is their franchise. I mean, he's become part of that city, and he definitely needs to stay there. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a lot of drama about nothing, mm-hmm. much ado about nothing. Where is he going to go? He's not going to go to the Chargers. He's, the Raiders are talking about. Yeah, no. I mean, really? You're going to go and play with you you and John Gruden? Like, you're, you could not have less in common with John Gruden than probably any other head coach in the league. Uh, you know, they have talent in, in, uh, in Vegas for sure. But you know they still got to pay Carr's contract next year. Uh, I think I think he's under contract for next year, and I I just don't see Tom Brady playing for the the no, hapless I don't, Raiders. I don't, I don't I just see don't him see going it. anywhere. I don't see him going Tampa, anywhere. He'd be, he'd be stupid. Cowboys. I mean, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I, I I think he's going I, would, back to the Patriots. He's trying to shake him down for. It uh, would tarnish his career if he went anywhere else. Well, you know, Manning it's, it's, did it. Yeah, but I mean, but they, they kind of they kind of wanted him out of there. You know, they, they they sort of drafted luck and they kind of brought him. I mean, it was it was kind of like he was getting old and they kind of wanted it. But I mean, Favre did it. New England wants him back, whereas oh, those sure. other teams didn't really care if if their star you know quarterback moved out and they. I mean, they had plans, but I I, I don't think Brady should go anywhere. I don't think he will go anywhere. 
And I think they got to pay the man. I mean, he's been there for a long. Yeah, they have the TB12 wing down there in Foxborough so that he, you know, he's not, he's doing okay uh, because they're paying him in other ways around the rules. But I, I can't, I, I just can't, I can't picture it. Mm-hmm. it it's it's different than Favre. It's different than Manning. Oh, it's different. I mean, th- this guy has. I six, mean, he's got six titles, six ten Super, Super Bowls, Bowls or nine. nine appearances in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the difference between this guy and those other guys with Favre, like you mentioned. I mean, Favre went to two Super Bowls and he won, you know, one. One. So, I mean, this guy has six. I, I, mean, I just, has, I just, he, I think it's a lot. He of has nothing. all of their Super yeah. Bowls. Yeah, he does have all of their Super <laughs> yeah. Bowls. I just think it's a whole, except for the one where I can't remember who started in the game back in the '80s when they they just got. I think they played. What did I think the Patriots were the team that played the Bears? The '85 Bears was it the Pats uh, that played the Bears that year? I can't remember who and that it was. was it was a I was one, ass whooping. I was one at the time, and they just <laughs> got their asses whooped in that game. Uh, I, I just, I personally, I just think it's nothing. Yeah, uh, there's no way. Yeah. He, there's nah. no way. It's fun else. to talk about, but I don't see anything happen happening. Um, what about what about Rivers, Ben? What do you think? Philip Rivers, one of your favorite quarterbacks of all time, will do. I mean, there really should be like this is like a monopoly game. Like, do not pass go, go directly to jail if you sign Philip Rivers. Why on God's green earth, unless you were a team that has a young quarterback who you just drafted, maybe someone would sign him, you know, 30, 25 to 30 million dollars if you draft someone this year to mentor that player, like Tom Brady claims he wants to do, which I don't believe for one second. Mm-hmm. Uh Maybe I could see signing Rivers so you could mentor this guy, play for a year, and then and then whatever you know if you if you draft what's his name out of LSU, I can't believe I can't remember his name right now, the quarterback that everybody's talking about from LSU, uh, ridiculous that I can't think of that right now. But there's a few quarterbacks coming I'm out. I'm trying to think of it too. Uh, you know uh, the the kid from Oregon, uh, Justin Herbert from Oregon, and you know there's a few quarterbacks that are coming out this year. Maybe one of those teams. Uh, that's picking really, really early in the draft could could give Rivers a shot to mentor, but I, I just don't see Rivers as one. I, I think you should retire. To do I, that. I think you should retire. Call it a call it a career. Because Tampa, just, I don't think they want him. I mean, I think it'd be a perfect place for him, but I don't think Arians wants to deal with yeah a slow mm, aging. If, it's just not his style. He likes to, he likes offensive a, line. Yeah, he likes an up tempo, you know, flexible offense that's able to do a lot of different things, and a quarterback has to be able to do a lot of different things. Philip Rivers is is not that guy. I think he should either retire or go somewhere and mentor a younger quarterback. Yeah, and then we have Hill here as well. Taysom Hill, I had Taysom to throw him Hill. in there because I, I, I like Taysom there. Hill. I think he should uh, switch positions and become a running back because he does. He did an excellent job as a running back for the Saints. I mean, that's basically what he did. They would set him up in the wildcat, and every time he was in the backfield, you knew he was going to carry the ball. And he was still successful. He wasn't going to pitch it to uh, to. Um, uh, uh, Alvin Kamara. I mean, just knew he was going to run the ball. And, yeah, and even when Ingram was that's, there, he didn't that's, pitch it. Or, yeah, that's that's all he did. You knew exactly what was going to happen. That's true. He's that's a true. strong mother. He's a strong dude. He's a strong dude. He can run the ball well. Somebody should sign sign him as a running back, not as a quarterback. Yeah, his name should be SEC because he's <laughs> just. I mean, he just is the epitome of the SEC. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, but it would be nice to see him on a team. You know, I mean, I think he could do well in San Francisco. In that as offense, a running back? as a running back slash, you know, occasional quarterback to help out Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think I think a, a team that's already successful, I think he'd be great in New England. I think he would be an awesome yeah. weapon for Bill Belichick. Yeah. I think he would do exactly the right mm-hmm. thing with him. Maybe put him out as a tight end exactly. occasionally, exactly because he can that's block. Actually, uh, 
Belichick would definitely find a role for him. But he's but he's not. He plays offense, so Bill Shit, Belichick tight end. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, think, they, I think that'd be a, a perfect end. place. I mean, I think that he's the kind of guy that could play almost all positions. Yeah. Uh, he can throw the ball, and he's a strong dude. Yeah, and I think that's what's behind Brady. I mean, Brady is trying to strong arm Belichick into realizing you have to have somebody on offense. Mm-hmm. You can't just spend all your money on defense. Um, but yeah, I think Taysom Hill would be would be smart to go to a team that's already successful, like the Patriots or the. The Niners or even Minnesota. I mean, one of these teams that's got a solid quarterback where you can mix in, you know, Taysom Hill, at, as, as Franny said, at running back, at, at tight end. But to go to somewhere and try to be the it's, starting it's, quarterback it's like, like Cincinnati. Swiss Army Knife. Somewhere like basically. that. I mean, he's, he could do, he, he, this guy could do it all. And he's fun to watch. Just he's not, tough. Just not quarterback. <laughs> no. I don't think, I mean, Tim Tebow, you know, I think that was one of Tim, if Tim Tebow had come into the league and, and, Played a different position right from the get go. Mm-hmm. You know, the get go from the get go, <laughs> potentially tight end or, or you know, played a, a, the the role that Tim that uh, yeah. Taysom Hill plays. Taysom I think Hill. he could have had a longer yeah career. I'm sure he's happy with where he is right now. But yeah, I bet he could have. Yeah, definitely. Was well, the CFL? They, is he up at the CFL now? Uh, I think he's just on the sidelines. I think th- I think he's uh, um, he's a commentator for uh, college football now. Tim I, Tebow I, is? I, 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 he was playing baseball for a while. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. I mean, he's, Mahomes he's was been in league. baseball. He's been in the league for a while. I mean, he's not a young kid anymore. Yeah, I, I remember when there was a controversy about Mahomes when they were like, is he going to come out and play baseball or is he going to go and yeah. play football? I cannot believe he even <laughs> ever entertained the idea of go. I mean, he might be great at baseball. Don't get me wrong. He might be, and he would make a ton of money playing uh, baseball. But wow. I mean, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Youngest ever. Youngest ever MVP yep. quarterback. Um, all right, Franny, what's, oh, uh, there's more news. There's more news. All right. This, uh, the quarterback discussion took a little bit longer than we, uh, expected. So we'll be right back with the rest of our NFL news. All right, we're back with the rest of our NFL news. We've never taken a break in the middle of our NFL news before. <laughs> that was a long that discussion. Was, but that was some high-quality content right there, so we wanted to Thanks keep it going. Thanks for giving us props, Ben. Here you go. <laughs> that was, that was, I might say so myself, that was some high-quality content. You're not going to get that at the ringer or on Around the NFL. That is only on Thurston Gold Podcast right there. All right, next up, real quick, the Jags are going to play two games back-to-back. Uh-huh. Home games for them in... The UK in London this year. Uh, looks like the league is giving up on Jacksonville. They're throwing the towel in on the dirty, dirty. Do you think ultimately the Jags are going to be moving themselves to the cash cow uh, that is the London Jaguars? You know, it's, I mean, it's pretty interesting. I mean, it seems like for London, that's their team. For London, uh, about London. It, <laughs> so, I mean, they, 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 Seem to sort of, I don't know. They seem to the worst team in the league. They support the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it's not about that. It's about the other teams that have to go play them, though. You know, if you're the Seattle Seahawks, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, if you're the Las Vegas Raiders or the LA teams, I mean, that's that's a long trip to London, and that's that's sort of been the argument for a long time. Is it a good idea to move them? And I don't have I don't have any issue of London getting a football team. It's just commuting all that way for these players to be moving. I mean, that's that's a nine-hour flight. Yeah, and what if I mean, the, from the East Coast, it's not that bad. And what if but the Raiders for, are playing the Jags in a playoff game? Yeah, for the West Coast, that's a long trip. Um, so not that I don't have anything against London. 
I'm of course, clearly, not. London. I would clearly. love. I, I want to visit London one day. I've only been to Heathrow. That's only, <laughs> that's as far as yeah. I've gone. Uh, you know, for for London at least. It's a nice airport. It's no, it's, it's not. Large. Heathrow is not that great, but but. Uh, I think it, it just it causes a lot of issues for the West Coast teams, even you know for the Dallas Cowboys. That's a long trip for Dallas, um, even for Kansas City. I mean, it's it's just a lot for the teams that are more towards the middle of the country and on the West Coast. So, I mean, I, what do you think, Ben? Yeah, I agree with Friday. I mean, what if it's a play? I mean, I know they're going to work in the buys, but mm-hmm. still. You know, you ha- you're gonna ha- the teams that play in London are going to have a different schedule during that year than the other teams that aren't playing. In London. And for Jacksonville to have to fly, not Jacksonville, but London Jaguars for them to fly over here and to sort of move their family, you know, to London. Not that London is a bad place to live, but it's it's a little bit further away from their you know from their roots from and where the they came from. Taxes are their, definitely higher. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I haven't. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, they are. Well, because they have the the socialized healthcare and everything mm-hmm. else, they got and the pension plan that they pay into. So that's a little different too. And the players. But the players would pay into it, I'm assuming, if they live there. Uh, to me, it's sort of a square peg, round hole situation. Move the Jaguars somewhere else in the U.S. that would like a team, mm-hmm. that can support a team, that can financially, that can be financially viable for the NFL, and bring back NFL Europe, six or eight teams over there, eight teams minimum, and start up a league in the offseason in, ooh, we're outside. That was a firework out here. We always record this <laughs> podcast outside where NFL football and football should be played and podcasts should be recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think they should just start up the NFL Europe League again. I mean, if they want football so bad, why are you forcing this one team over to, to London, the worst team or one of the worst <laughs> teams, but they love them. Hey, for I mean, they were in the AFC championship game uh, a couple years they ago. They were so. and they beat the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I just feel like if they really want, the NFL in in Europe, and they really want those dollars. Why? I mean, they 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 pulled out of the NFL Europe. I think a little bit too early. I think the mm-hmm. the the money is there. You could have a team in Paris. You could have a team in London. You could have a team in you know wherever else they like football over there. Uh, rather than just jamming one team, you know, it's almost like the NBA. Like we're going to put a team in Toronto. Uh, the 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 Major League Baseball. They put a team in Toronto. Put a team in Montreal. Uh, was, yeah. there wasn't there? A but team they're in, not that far away though. I mean, they're they're not that far well, away for I the mean, East Coast. Yeah, you know, for yeah, but I mean, even for the West Coast. I mean, you, you know, you fly to Toronto, you fly to New York. I mean, it's 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 not a huge difference. But I mean, flying to to London, that's a whole different story. That's that's quite a trek. Yeah, I I I, I mean, I would support a team in London, and I think London deserves a team. I just think this is sort of a weird way. I mean, they already love football. It's not you don't mm-hmm. need to put your toes in the in the shallow end of the pool. They, you could put teams over there, and they will support those teams. Yeah. Especially, I mean, can you imagine right now if they had sort of NFL Europe starting now instead of the XFL? And these were like legitimate players. You could, yeah. I mean, some of the players could play in both leagues, potentially. Mm-hmm. I don't I know. Like I mean, that. it'd be crazy, but it'd be <laughs> potentially. But I, I would be more supportive of something like that mm-hmm. than moving one team over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I just, but I think that the NFL is so desperate. To get those London dollars, and a lot of the a lot of the players are opposed to this sort of thing too. Oh yeah, they don't I want mean, a seventeen game yeah. season. They don't want to fly twelve hours on a flight. And I don't blame them for not wanting to have a seventeen game season. They don't want to move their I, family I think, to London. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that 
that we don't, puts that we, to rest. We don't agree with it. Yeah. Um, it would be great to hear what uh, you know the UK podcast. Oh, they definitely want a yeah, team yeah. over there. I mean, they, but they show up when those when they play those games over there. They yeah. show up, and that's great. That's that's great that they show up and that they do support the Jags. But to move the Jags and to have all of the teams fly over there because that's I what just, I'm picturing. I'm picturing yeah. a, a, you know a team from the West Coast like the Raiders. Having or Houston having to play a having to play on the road in the playoffs the week before the championship game in London mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and how is that going to work? I know it's only a twelve hour flight as opposed to a and they're going to have a direct flight and they're not going to have to go through security and the whole nine yards. Yeah, but still it's a long it's a long it's a long. I mean, maybe flight. if they flew on it's, like uh, one of those uh, airlines from the Middle East where you have a whole bed, yeah. like where you, <laughs> where you have a suite. Like each player gets like it's three planes go over there and they and all a have shower, a suite and, and a, a shower. shower. Maybe you know. that maybe that might make it yeah you know palatable. But other than that, I don't know. For now, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up from the Dak Prescott department, we have another <laughs> person who doesn't know his own worth. Uh, Derek Henry. In an interview with Rich Eisen of NFL Network, impending free agent Derek Henry said Ezekiel Elliott's six-year, ninety million dollar contract is the floor for what he will be seeking. Elliott's deal has $50 million in guaranteed money and $28 million guaranteed at signing. Do you think there's any way on God's green earth that Derrick Henry, in his fifth year in a league, is going to get that kind of money after what Todd Gurley signed, after what yeah, Elliott signed? And especially what happened is to Todd Gurley. Is he insane? You know what happened to Todd Gurley? And Le'Veon how- Bell. Le'Veon Bell as well. Um, I mean, this this season with the Jets, he was not worth his money. Um, so, I mean, it, it's always difficult to sign a, a running back to a long-term deal because they are often injured uh, in, in the league. So, for him to hope for a ninety million dollar contract, I, I think he's. I mean, he's 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 worth a large contract for sure. I mean, especially the way he played this year. I mean, the the Titans would be stupid to sign uh, him for a long term deal like like that. You know, if they want to do maybe sixty or fifty, maybe something on you know shorter. I mean, what, what, what would you what would you do, Ben? I mean, I would sign him to four year, forty five million dollars. Yeah, he would fifty take million dollars. He, okay, he won't 50, take it, but that's 50. yeah. But I, that but, 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 for, but for I wouldn't. Backs. I would just let him get, let him go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. five hundred yards in two thousand sixteen, seven hundred and forty four yards in two thousand seventeen. A thousand yards, thousand and change in 2018. And he has a great year this year, 1,540 yards this mm-hmm. year. But he's been in the league for four years mm-hmm. and he wasn't Todd Gurley, nor was he Ezekiel Elliott in his first three years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of people hadn't heard of Derrick Henry going into this year. Uh, so I heard about him. Well, we, I mean, we heard, <laughs> well, we heard about him. We knew who it was, but he wasn't a household name like Todd Gurley was or like Zeke or Zeke was. Uh, and I just think that's way too much money to pay a quarterback in this league. The, the, back, the Rams yeah. are considering cutting Todd Gurley this yeah, they year. They are, yeah. Taking the hit They've on, the, on the salary that it is, cap. It is a mistake. And the Cowboys might realize that they pretty soon realized as well. It when they were, I mean, they, they, when they, he wasn't running in the... Exactly. He didn't have the ball in the final few games of the I mean, season. He had a good season, but you know, he he definitely did not carry that team. I mean, he did not carry that ninety million dollar contract this year. Um, so I mean, it, it's it's really difficult for teams to consider signing a quarter or running back for a, a long term deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I honestly don't quite understand why he would. I mean, maybe it's just posturing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but if you look at Elliott's first few years, 
1,631 yards yeah. in 2016. 2018, four, you know, he was uh, yeah, the first, I mean, his, his rookie year, he was the rushing leader, right? I mean, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. So, I mean. 1,631 yards in his rookie campaign, 1,000 yards in 2017, 1,434 yards. And I believe he was number four overall in yeah. the draft, whereas Derrick Henry, I think, was 40th or something. Yep. I mean, Derrick Henry was taken much later in the draft. I mean, and, and people ex- still expected more from him than what he showed in those first few years. I mean, this year he really exploded. But before that, until the playoffs, exactly. Well, yeah. Well, in the playoffs, he the was, Chiefs he was, bottled him up like a the Chiefs like a, did. Like a but the first cognac. The, the first two games, he was excellent. But yeah, the, the Chiefs were they're the Super Bowl champions now. So. Well, they are, but the, but defense yeah. was not supposed to be their strength, yeah. right? And yeah. in the game of his life, in the championship game mm-hmm. against the Chiefs in 2019. Mm-hmm. He did not come through. Exactly, and exactly. now he wants. I think that the you know the the Titans should you know think about signing uh, Tannehill to a long term deal, not so much Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, I think the way to approach this is is probably, and I think Franny, you might have mentioned this earlier in another podcast, is to sort of attack this in the CBA somehow, where the running backs are be are able to be paid sooner mm-hmm. because of the yeah. the longevity of their careers. Rather than putting him in the same boat with a linebacker, a cornerback, everybody else. And then they're left with no alternative but to make these kinds of demands because they know their career is going to be so short. A wide receiver mm-hmm. is going to play for a longer period of time. Definitely. A corner, safety, you're going to play for a longer period of time. So I think they put them in a weird spot where they have to make these ridiculous demands. And there's no way that Mike Vrabel is going to give this guy $90 million. Yeah. After what yeah. happened with Gurley, after what happened with Bell, after what happened with Elliot. Even, and even Elliot had a good especially, year. Especially Gurley. I mean, they paid that guy a ton of money to play him part time. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And you're paying, you're paying him full time money. I wish I had that job where you pay me full time money and I work 24 hours a week instead of 40. Yeah. And the you reason know? that Shanahan's plan failed was because Shanahan's plan failed. Mm-hmm. His plan was great all season, great offensive line, creative stunts up front, great. You know, movement on the line, two no-name running backs who you could pick up from just about any practice I mean, and, squad. And you look at the Niners with Mostert and yeah. Brita, and I mean uh, uh, Coleman. Coleman was actually he's he's one of the names that more people know than Brita and Mostert. But look at what they did and the success that they yeah, had. And it was all scheme, especially uh, Mostert with two hundred and forty yeah. yards and four touchdowns yeah. or whatever it was in that NFC Championship yep. game. You can you can have a lot of success with the running back that's a no-name. I even look at the look what the Eagles did with their you know backup backup backups yeah. like they were way down not even on the bench they were yep. on the practice squad so I mean it's gonna I be just tough think it's, it, he's not gonna get anywhere near that I mean Frank Clark said it before the game against Tennessee he said you know Derrick Henry if there's no hole there's no yards mm-hmm. you know and if you don't create space for him he's not gonna be successful and we're not gonna give him any space they didn't give him any space and he was unsuccessful mm-hmm. I just think that's a ridiculous amount of money for a running back when there's wide receivers safeties linebackers, defensive ends out there, offensive tackles that you could sign to big contracts will have a much more impact on your team. I just think I think yeah. he has to make this kind of demand. Yeah, it would, exactly, exactly. I mean, you have to start high. But there's no uh, way anyone's going to get it. And I, I think somebody might because, I mean, look what they gave Le'Veon Bell. I but think was, he might he might get, and, and, and he was asking for more, obviously, yeah. with, with the Steelers. But And we gave him more he, once. And he, and he ended up with a little bit less. So I think the same thing will sort of happen with Derrick Henry is somebody will sign him, but it's not going to be the money that he thinks uh, he can. He's worth. Dollars. I mean, I, I feel for these guys because no, feel, they take a beating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But so do offensive <laughs> linemen and defensive linemen too. Uh, yeah, and I, no one I, feels I, sorry I, for them I, when they don't get ninety million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I, and I just don't. I mean, Zeke. Even Zeke this year, he had a good year. 
Yeah, he, he petered out there at the end, but he still had a really good year. Good year. And I, Derrick Henry, with all due respect, I I take Zeke. I would. I well, yeah. Zeke has a better resume. I mean, and he, I just he, think he's, he's a smarter runner. I mean, he's got he's more versatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just feel mm-hmm. like he can get the yeah. tougher yards. I just feel like, yeah, I mean, they struggled in the playoffs or uh, down the stretch this year, but. All right, we did have some NFL honors this week. I don't know if you have any opinion about any of these, but this past Saturday night, they celebrated another year of excellence in the NFL. Rookie of the year, San Francisco 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa. Deserves it. Deserves it. I I, I kind of felt that he would get that honor from like the first two games of the season. Like, yeah, "Yeah, this guy's good. Yeah, and everybody was talking about him, you know, over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Air and ground player of the year. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson and Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Seems fair. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Lamar, Lamar Jackson was amazing this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not in the playoffs, but he was amazing yeah. during the regular season. And defensive player of the year, New England Patriots, Stefan Gilmore. TJ Watt snubbed <laughs> by this award. I think TJ Watt had a much better year than Stefan Gilmore, especially down the stretch. Uh, for any, any opinions on that one? Um, he's a great corner. Don't get me wrong. He's a great corner. I mean, it was good this year. Yeah. But TJ Watt had an amazing. I think you have sort of a biased opinion, you know, seeing as, you know, TJ Watt is one of your. I think he got a little bit snubbed there. Pittsburgh Steelers. He did get snubbed there, I think. (laughs) Uh, Offensive rookie of the year, Arizona Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray. That was odd. That was odd. I I think Miles Sanders should have gotten that, especially with the way. A little bias? A little bias. Yeah, you got a little bias. I got a little bias. (laughs) Yeah, but. But he was he was good down the stretch. I mean, the Eagles had a lot of success with him. Uh, they had a lot of success because yeah, of him, yeah, actually. Yeah. So I don't yeah, disagree. Actually, yeah. I think Miles Sanders was, was could have been up there. I think there were other other offensive rookies that played better. I mean, Kyler Murray had a had a he had a good season. I mean, offensive with line. The team he was that he had, I guess, with the team that he had, he, he was running he had for his life. Better than expected season. Yeah, and I'd be curious to see you know how they do next year when they're able to build up that offensive line a little bit in the off season. Uh, but I didn't watch enough of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did was impressed uh, when I watched him play. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive player of the year, New Orleans Saints receiver Michael Thomas. Yep, yep, yep. Can't argue with that. Spectacular season. Defensive rookie of the year, San Francisco 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. Defensive player of the year and rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. might be a little much there. He's good. Uh, might be a little much. <laughs> might be a little much. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2020. Uh, safety Steve Atwater from the Denver Broncos. Wide receiver Isaac Bruce from the greatest show on turf. Uh, guard Steve Hutchinson, who I think was with the Rams for most of his career, I think. Uh, running back Edron James. Mm-hmm. That one I'm a little on the fence on. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. But I could see him getting But it's in. funny that people argue about um, you know, Eli Manning making it to the NFL, Hall of Fame and, Edron and then, James you know, Edron is it for crying James, out loud. Yeah, Edron James makes it. I mean, come on, Eli Manning beat the best team ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I they were eighteen I and 0 for God's sakes, and this guy goes in there. I just think there's a lot of dislike for Eli. Yeah, out I don't there. understand it. And safety, Troy <laughs> Palamalu of the Pittsburgh Steelers finally Great shampoo gets commercials. In. Yeah, I mean, uh, how yeah. you you have to let he should have been in on the first ballot. Uh Troy Palomalu for most of his career. I wasn't a big fan of his late in his career because I think he was trying to do the things he did early on 
and didn't have the physica the physical skills to do it later on in his career. But what he was able to do for for many of those seasons, what he was able to do in that Super Bowl against the Seattle Seahawks, he essentially since that game down the stretch there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, that is a great, great, great honor for Troy Palomalo, and he definitely deserves it. Coach of the year, as Franny mentioned last week, Baltimore Ravens coach John Harbaugh. I think you support this 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 pick. Uh, well, I mean, I was, I was more in support of um, Sean Payton and also Mike Tomlin. I, I think those guys deserved it just as much as John Harbaugh. I mean, John Harbaugh did change the offense um, to sort of suit Lamar Jackson's um, talent, but uh, I mean, he's deserving. I mean, they had a great season. They were 13-3 and three to finish the season, but I still think those other guys definitely deserve a shout-out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Especially Mike Tomlin, what he was able to do with bubblegum and shoestrings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. down in Pittsburgh. And the most valuable player of the year from the Baltimore Ravens down in the inner harbor. Well, how, do you, how do you feel about that, Ben? Because Lamar he's, Jackson. He's in your division. How do you feel about that? Uh, was he the most valuable? I mean, I, I have a more traditional view of the most valuable player. It's It's the most valuable player. So if you took that player off the team, you know, what would have happened? Mm-hmm. And I think that Lamar Jackson, if you take him off the Baltimore Ravens, with the, was a thousand yards rushing? He did, I mean, and yeah. how many, 4,000 yards or plus, was it 3,000 or 4,000 yards passing? I mean, I, unfortunately, I have to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is up there. Uh, Derrick Henry potentially was up there this year. Mm-hmm. This year. Mm hmm. Um, you know, I don't think there's anybody on the San Francisco 49ers that was worthy of that reward award, but year after year after year, Russell Wilson early Russell, on, well, yeah, early on in that. the season. Um, but he kind of petered off, loose. he, he kind of petered off later on. Um, uh, but no, I, I think Lamar Jackson deserves, uh, you know, uh, the MVP award for the regular season. Playoffs is a whole different story, yeah. but definitely he was the best player for his team, and they accomplished so much because of him in the regular season. Yeah, and I think those two things go together. I, I think if if Pete Carroll let took the gloves off of Russell Wilson, the way that John Harbaugh said to Lamar Jackson, "You be you," and we're going to make them the most of our best player. I think if Pete Carroll was willing to do that with Russell Wilson a little bit more, I think that it would have been a bigger or better competition. Mm-hmm. But because Pete Carroll is determined to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball with people who are not Russell Wilson and not throw it, uh, Russell Wilson is essentially sort of stuck mm-hmm. in the situation that he's in. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, it'd be hard to argue with the MVP for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What, they yeah. win 14 games after winning? Was it 14-2 or 13-3? I think they were 13-3. I can't remember. I can't remember it exactly. But they were, yeah, they, were, they were there. They were up there. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that one. Uh, next up, we have some XFL rule changes that I think some of which will be adopted by the NFL next year. Uh, Franny mentioned a few of these early on when we first started the podcast. Uh, but the first one similarly, similar to the now defunct AAF, the XFL is not doing field goals for extra points. I'd be interested to hear how Franny feels about this. Instead, they have a three tiered point system for teams following touchdowns. It's very simple. One point, run a play from the two yard line. Two points, run a play from the five yard line. Three points. 
run a play from the 10 yard line. Franny, mm-hmm. what do you think about that one? I, I, it's a I little think, weird. I think the extra point should still be an option. Just move it back. You it's know, a kick a 35 yard or a 40 yard extra point. I think it should still be on the board. I think it should still be on the table. Um, you know, potentially if you're down by 18, if you're, if you're a team in the, in the XFL, you're, uh, it's a two score game still. Even if you're down yeah. by 18, I think that makes it a little too, not easy to come back, but I think it gives the opposing team a little too much power. You know, to 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 score nine disagree. points. Um, so I mean, it, it's it's an interesting rule, but I think that one point kick should be an option. I agree. I agree. Uh, no kicking points are allowed in the XFL. Uh, there's an overtime system that is a little little weird. So the XFL is a really unique overtime system. It's unlike anything we've ever seen in football. Overtime consists of five rounds staged in alternating single play, single play possessions as in customary in NHL shootouts or MLS penalty kicks. A round will consist of one offensive play per team. Each possession starts at the opponent's five yard line and the offensive team has one play to score. The team with the most points after five rounds is the winner. If the score is tied after five rounds, then it goes into sudden death until one team scores and the offense, the other team doesn't. Franny, what do you think about? <laughs> That didn't happen. Didn't happen today. Didn't happen today. But I'd be uh, curious to see. I would also be interested in that. Is in, a wacky, wacky. How this would how play quick out? Can they, how quick can they? Exactly. Can they? I mean, even in soccer, even in the, when we're watching the World Cup, it's it's still. I mean, in the World Cup, it's really you're at you're already at eleven mm-hmm. watching the watching the match, right? You're already at eleven, especially if it's your team. But to wait for them to reset the team, yeah, run one play. Okay, now you got to everybody's off the field, and you got to take the time to bring the offense on the field. Reset, then run another play, clear the. F- I mean, it seems like it might get a little wonky as you move through it, especially if it goes like in, especially if it is five rounds deep. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. But since it hasn't happened yet, I don't have much of an opinion on it. Maybe if they actually ran it, maybe we would, we would agree with it a little bit more. But overtime but is a weird. It's it, it is kind of tough in football yeah. compared to other sports because of injuries. And no one can figure it out. Yeah. No one yeah. can sort of figure out the right way to do it. The mm-hmm. NFL has sudden death, then you know, college football goes to this twenty you know, twenty five, thirty five yard line thing where you're flip flopping the field back and forth. Mm-hmm. And now the NFL goes to if you score a touchdown, it's over, but if you score a field goal, the other it's team not, gets the ball. Yeah. So it's it's I don't know. I mean, it seems like nobody can figure out what an the, overtime what system the that perfect that, that rule works. would be. Or you just play. Oh, I mean, well, well, what I've said, I, I can't remember. I don't know if you. I think we both agree about this. Just play a quarter. Exactly. You play a quarter, and uh, you know it's ten minutes. You know, play not it. not not fifteen. You just do ten minutes, and whoever wins at the end, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal or whatever, you just keep on playing until the end. Yeah, it works in basketball. You just play five minute. What is it? Five minutes. Five minutes. And you just play a five minute five minute extra. You know, period of time. Who's ever ahead, they win. If they're mm-hmm. not ahead, you play another five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, double forward pass. This is an interesting one. That's pretty cool. This is an interesting yeah. one. I actually like it. This is why I love the XFL because the AFF, AAF didn't do any of this. Like, I don't think they put any thought into, you know, making the game more interesting. Mm-hmm. So if a team completes a forward pass behind the line of scrimmage, that team may throw a second forward pass as long as the ball has not crossed the line of scrimmage. And I think you might be able to throw multiple forward passes so long as none of them pass the line of scrimmage. I think it's two. I think is it, so is I it limited think you can throw one behind the line of scrimmage and then the other one has it could be beyond the line of scrimmage, but beyond that, I mean you can do a lateral obviously, but you can't throw it forward. So that's pretty interesting. You Plus, can, you, you can drop some pretty cool plays with that rule in place. Yeah, I mean it's it, and I heard uh on another podcast that that you know that there are teams that are sort of stockpiling 
quarterbacks that can play other positions mm-hmm. because you, you can imagine like a quarterback takes a five-step drop yeah they flick it out there to a skill position player and now they're chucking it down and the then field. that receiver on whatever yeah. on the other side of the field just takes off running and you just launch it down the field to that guy i mean if you have enough time to throw it obviously but that's a pretty interesting rule yeah i, I like mean, it. i think the nfl you know they shouldn't be too upset with the x because i think they're going to adopt a couple of oh yeah just like they did with the original yeah. xfl they did the exact same thing you know, once the once Gotta the XFL goes under, or yeah. they, they realize they, <laughs> nobody wants to watch football the week after the Super Bowl. Uh, the, oh, the play clock. This one, mm-hmm. I I don't even know how this is even possible, but the XFL is going to have a twenty five second play clock instead of a forty second play yeah. clock. Yeah, but I, I don't know how that's possible. It didn't seem much faster when I was watching the game, only because the twenty five second play clock starts when the referee puts the ball down. So they still have a little uh, bit of they still have a little bit of time in between. So it's twenty five. Plus, however much time it takes for the referee to put the ball down and set it. So, yeah, they probably that that's not really a twenty-five second play clock. Yeah, then. yeah. I mean, it should start. That's from what the, it seemed like today. That's what it seemed like today watching it for the first time. It seemed like they had a little bit more extra time than that that twenty-five seconds. But that I th- that I like because I do think it takes a little bit. I think forty seconds is a little much. Yeah. I mean, but it gives you time to watch replays. That's true. <laughs> it's, but how many replays are interesting? Uh, every, it seems like every single play. But but, but for you, it's less time. Listening to Tony Romo talk about <laughs> that is the true. play that just I happened. I agree with it, hundred percent. Do I need to take a shot? <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. You probably you just insulted right, Tony well, Romo, the best quarterback. Good. I mean, who's he was the third best quarterback in Cowboy history? Look, that's why I hated him because he was good and I understood that. But I'll do one with you. I'll do one but with you. Tony Romo, as a as a commentator, is not very good in no, my especially opinion. when he's not feeling well. He's you know, hey, uh, Chris, uh, that, was, uh, that was an incomplete pass because it was a bad throw. All right, the comeback. This is another rule that I don't understand. The comeback period. During the two-minute warning, the final two minutes of the second and fourth quarter, there are few tweaks to allow teams more time to come back. Hence, the term comeback period. From the XFL, on plays that end in the field of play, the game clock will be stopped until the ball has been spotted five seconds have and five seconds have run off the play clock. This makes it so a team cannot run the clock out until there is one minute remaining, assuming the opponent has no timeouts in the nfl a team can run the clock out when there are two minutes remaining so i guess in that one minute period the the game clock will stop until the ball has been spotted in five seconds so i guess it's a little bit more difficult to sort of just run the clock out yeah yeah but how often does that happen really yeah yeah, exactly man that's yeah it's an okay rule i guess not not like the forward pass here we go here's to tony romo not to tony romo may you go to espn and make Millions of dollars. What was he supposed to make? Like, oh, we like talked tw- about it last week. Yeah, like, 10, yeah, like twenty-five million. million dollars. Jesus, like Christ. more than players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God, what's the point of being a quarterback then? I mean, he makes more <laughs> money than Dak Prescott, as he should, <laughs> as he should. Uh, the running game clock. So, outside of the two minutes, the game clock will run after incompletions and out of bounds plays. Ah, uh, what do you think of that? I'm sorry. Uh, this, Ooh, this, the Jim Beam this Apple. This Jim Beam Apple gets worse as you drink it. Yeah, it's actually the second shot's worse than the first. Yeah. <laughs> the second shot, it, worse it than the first. It is. It is. So running game clock outside the last two minutes of each half, the game clock will run after incompletions. And, uh, that just seems like it's the, the clock is running. It's ticking a lot quicker than... Yeah, the college tried that for a minute. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think the last two minutes, the teams should... I mean, if, if, especially if you're out of bounds. If you're out of bounds, I mean, it's it's... You're not... On the field of play, so the the clock should technically stop or incomplete. It should, uh, yeah. So I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at, uh, at all. 
It should be the same as the NFL it's like in, the, soccer, in, the, right? in this instance. No, I mean, in soccer, it's stopped. I mean, they have to stop. They, I mean, it's, but it's, the stoppage time oh, no, is no, like, well, like a big like, mystery. Well, that, it's because the clock does, I mean, doesn't stop. I mean, it's just, it's added on towards the end of the half or the end of the game. So it's not really the same. So because that's like a present, like you don't know, you know, like you don't know how much you don't time know what exactly. it is until yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I mean, do we have they, five they, minutes, they do we have four up, minutes? You know, the, 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 the digital sign there with like, you know, five minutes left, but then, you know, is it five? If there's another injury or something or somebody goes down, then it's extended and you don't know. Exa- yeah. So that's, that's a little wonky, but I don't agree with that in, in, uh, in the XFL. All right. Team has two timeouts per half. That's, Andy Reid wants that. to go and play here. Don't agree with that. Two timeouts instead of three. Don't agree with that at all. I think it should be three. Why, why take one timeout away? Why? Yeah. I'm not sure. Cause it's not really a time saver. Really? Yeah. It's one commercial. Yeah. <laughs> And no, if it's exactly. a thirty second time clock, if it's a thirty second timeout, you don't even take a commercial. Yeah, I don't. I don't get why they would take one timeout away. That doesn't make any sense. But going back to the NCAA, players need just one foot in bounds instead of two. Yet another piece of play rule. It makes it easier to determine catches, that is leading true. to faster reviews. And I think since because it is a semi pro league, and these players are not good enough to play in the NFL, some of them might be. Um, but Boston Scott, but. <laughs> He's not. He's 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 in the NFL. But if if your if your he's quarterbacks hadn't gotten if your if your running backs hadn't gotten hurt, he'd be in the <laughs> XFL this year. Maybe, maybe, but he's not. Maybe, 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 but he's not. If if Jordan <laughs> Howard and Miles, uh, Sanders, Miles Sanders and everyone else, what was he? Sproles, and, and Sproles and whoever Clement. else. If they all didn't get hurt, Boston Scott probably would be playing in the XFL this year. Possibly. So I think that that rule is good for this league because these guys. Are not the cream. Need of the, all the help they can get. They're not the cream of the crop. They're not Odell Beckham out there. Yeah, <laughs> I saw one-handed catch today, though. Oh, see. Yeah, I did. XFL, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I got to start watching. I mean, AAF. I sort of forced myself. Like you it was did. like it was like eating liver. Like you I did. had to. Like I was like, okay, I got to <laughs> watch this. But the XFL, uh, other than what I had to do today to remain married, I would have, I would have, uh, I would have enjoyed watching it. I'm definitely going to try to catch a game tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So that's. Uh, that's it for the NFL news. Oh, we no, talked no, about, we, we gotta, talked about Dak. Oh, we got we got Chargers. The Chargers extended Anthony Lynn for a couple years. What like do you think I about said, that? No news. <laughs> 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 no, that's great. That, I mean, well, he had a he had a good season um uh, two seasons ago where they were 11 and 5. This year not so much. Um but I don't, I don't really have too many opinions on that only because the Chargers are pretty much an irrelevant team. In the NFL right now, yeah. The only reason I think they did that, and I like Anthony Lynn. I think he's, I, I I like think he's a quality I like coach. I think he could, yeah. I mean, I think he's, they, he's had some success. Yeah. He was actually twelve and four and eleven and five. I think they extended him to give the whoever, whatever quarterback they're going to bring in there, mm-hmm. either a rookie, although it's doubtful, uh, but whoever it is that they bring in there, some confidence that there'll be some stability for at least a couple years. Yeah, to sort of try to attract Somebody. someone to come and play in front of twenty thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the other, of the fans. other, of the other, well, t- uh, ten thousand of your yeah. own fans and seventy thousand Eagle fans. Yeah, if that's what you want to do, at least you know you'll have the same coach for at least two or three years. Uh, front, what's Friday? What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our thirst and goal news, our tag team news, Eagles news, Seahawks news, and Steelers news. 
Yeah, we do have a little bit of news from the Eagles this week. The Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday hired Aaron Moorhead as their wide receivers coach and announced the additions of defensive back coach Marquan Manuel, senior offensive assistant Rich Scangarello, and pass game analyst Andrew Briner, as well as the promotions of Matt Burke to defensive line coach, Press Taylor, passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach, TJ Pagnetti, Pagnetti, assistant run game coordinator, and assistant running backs coach, and Dino Vasso, assistant defensive coordinator. But the most interesting thing to come out of this week for the Philadelphia Eagles is that they are not replacing Mike Rowe. Yep. They are going to go with no offensive coordinator, just like the San Francisco 49ers, essentially. So it'll be Doug Peterson calling the plays. As no he, OC on the team. What do you think about that, Franny? I mean, Doug Peterson has pretty much been the OC. He's the one calling the plays, so there's no reason to put an OC on the field. Why well, have that position if you're not going to use the guy? So I, I don't. I don't. But disagree. do you support it? Do you think he needs help? Do you think he needs uh, uh after someone who could take over if things go awry and he needs to be the head coach full time? <sighs> yeah, I mean, he can't spend all his time in the Chiefs locker room. <laughs> uh, no, that's a tough one. We'll see what happens this next season. He's had some success, but um, you know, I, I'll, 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 I'll wait on to that compl- to, to, see, to see what happens. Exactly, exactly. He is an Eagle fan, so he will complain. Yeah, there I will. Is, I there will. is. That's why I love that skit with uh, with whatever his name is that that mascot. What the hell is that mascot's name again for the Flyers? We announced it earlier today. Uh, they were just making fun, of, making fun of Eagles, you know, Eagles fans and Sixers fans and Flyers fans because they're just so aggressive yeah. in their in their approach to their fanhood. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to judge it right now. We'll wait until next season and see how things play out. But you're right. I mean, he does call all the plays now. Yeah, Mike uh, Kyle Shanahan calls the majority of the plays in San Francisco. I just feel like it's a hard thing to do to. You know, even Bill Belichick. I mean, he coaches the defense, these but he other doesn't call the plays. Yeah, I mean, you have these other coordinators take care of the players and 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 you know to train them on the practice field, but he's the one ultimately calling the plays on the field on game day. So I mean, there's there's you can't really argue with another guy calling the plays. You're you're the guy calling those plays. Whereas you have the defensive coordinator. You know, Schwartz is calling the defensive side. He's calling the offensive, and so I don't disagree with it, but. I might have some disagreements. Yeah, in, well, in, for, uh, for sure, for in, sure. In two hundred and fifteen yeah. days, when you're twelve and when you're twelve and zero, and you lose the first game, it will be son of a ma- major crisis. <laughs> when we're twelve and one. Uh, next up, this is interesting. Frank Reich drags yet another Eagle play, Eagle coach. So Frank Reich is building an impressive stockpile of offensive minds and expertise on his staff. Joel Erickson of the Indianapolis Star reports the Colts are adding former former Eagles OC Mike Rowe to Reich's coaching staff. They plucked another eagle to go they can have to him. beautiful Indianapolis. They can have him. Yeah, you weren't a big fan of Mike Rowe. I was you? not. No, There were no Philadelphia Eagles fans that were a fan of Mike Rowe. <laughs> Nobody cared well, about that. there had guy. to be somebody that liked him. Yeah. Mike Rowe and his wife. <laughs> Mike Rowe and his family. I'm yeah. sure his children were very fond of they him. They were very happy they with his position. They got Legos and Tinker Toys from yeah. him. What do you think, though, man? What do you think about Mike Rowe going there and also the Eagles tinkering with their coaching staff? What do you, what do you think about that, though? Uh, I, I don't mind it. I mean, I, I well, first of all, I, I trust my uh, Frank Reich. I do trust him. Well, Frank, Frank Reich for sure. I think, he's, I think he's fighting an uphill battle with a terrible owner. Huge salary cap space that will always be there because they will never spend the money to bring a, a, a real solid team. They'll never push right up against the cap. 
the way that the Cowboys do, the way that the Steelers do, the way that the Eagles do. They're just not going to do it. So he's always going to be having to be as creative as he can possibly be to get a winning team on the field because he's always going to be under understaffed because they're not going to spend the kind of money that a lot of other teams do. He's sort of stuck in the same situation that the Chargers are in where, you know, they just can't spend the amount of money that, that they're allowed to spend. But with, with, with Doug Peterson, I trust him. Yeah. I mean, the way he, I mean, I know it was two years ago, but the way he took that team through the playoffs in 2017 to the Super Bowl and the way that he called the plays in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. Unlike Shanahan this year. Unlike Shanahan. The risk that he took, the the confidence that he had in his play calls and, and in the practice that they had run, I, I was really, really impressed. And I was impressed this year with the way that that offense was, was able to play. I was impressed with the way that they played against the Seahawks without their starting quarterback mm-hmm. after Wentz went down. That was still a competitive game right until the end of that game with mm-hmm. – 40-year-old Josh McCown in the game. Yep. I trust Doug Peterson as much as I would trust just about any offensive coordinator out there. Uh, Josh McDaniels notwithstanding, we don't know what he would do if he left the Patriots. Uh, I think it's 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 fair to say he was a failure in Denver. So we just don't know that he's as good as people think he is. But Doug Peterson has proven to me with all of the injuries, losing his quarterback, what, in 2017? Losing... His quarterback again in 2018. In 2018 and going to the playoffs. And going to the divisional round. And what he was able to do this year, I still think it was impressive what they did against the uh, the, the the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Dirty team. I mean, it wasn't like he had <laughs> dirty team. <laughs> Jadavion Clowney. The whole team was not dirty. Just one no, player, know, one I, player. Yeah, I know Lockett and Wilson. I mean, they are definitely role models for for players that are up and coming. But think right about now. it. I mean, that team with Lockett and Wilson and that defense, it, the defense wasn't terrible. I mean, they should have probably blown you out in that game after, oh, after Wentz went I mean, down. They, they, they definitely should have. But, but yeah. they didn't. Yeah. So I, I agree with what they're doing. I think if yeah. you know, I mean, I'm a. I'm I think a, they're just trying to shake things up, try something new. And, uh, you know, as far as Frank Reich being micro, you can have him. But it's a, <laughs> it's a balancing act. I'm a manager. You always think you can do a better job than your staff at something. You always think that you can reach down and do the job. Uh, but your primary job is to manage your staff and to manage the personalities and to think higher level. So that's always my fear with with this type of move. Do you have the bandwidth to do this job and keep your team a cohesive unit defense, offense, special teams, keep all those personalities happy, keep all your 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 coaching staff happy, have the time in the day to make sure that everything is running smoothly and call all the plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Bill Belichick has a nice mix of you know, hiring a defensive coordinator who calls most of the plays, but then when it comes time in crunch time in big games, he steps in and he decides what they're going to do rather than calling it play by play down by now. But I mean, I trust Doug Peterson mm-hmm. a thousand percent. Uh, we had Russell Wilson on the agenda as well. <laughs> I was hoping Sonia would be here for this, but essentially we'll get through this pretty quick, but essentially <laughs> Russell Wilson has said he wants more talent. He wants more offensive talent on his team. He's tired of playing with understaffed, undergunned receivers, understaffed, undergunned offensive line. He wants some stars on his team. Franny, 
What do you think? Is he right to demand this while he's 32 years old in his career? No, he's, he's coming into he's the, the second phase of his career. Oh, he's definitely right to uh, to want better offensive talent. But I, you know, I think his receivers are fine. I think his uh, his running backs were fine also this year. I think what he needs is an offensive line. That's that's where he needs his talent. That's where he needs guys to block for him, where he can create time and throw the ball downfield to Lockett and to Mister Eight Pack. What's his name? <laughs> oh, <laughs> DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Mr. 8-pack. Yeah. Well, got, uh, he's got a twist, a 30-pack of cores yeah, in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think his receivers are fine. Even even Hollister. He made Hollister look good this year. I mean, as a tight end, really Hollister good. is not that great, but he made him look good. Hollister kind of, uh, you know, to drive a couple of times, but he actually, you know, he, he got a couple of nice balls but there. But for from, a really nice tackle, they would have yeah, yeah, won that game. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think where he needs the talent is on the offensive line, and that's nothing new. Everybody knows that. All Seahawks fans know that. Sanya, who's not here, definitely knows that. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I think it's right. I mean, I think that he is right to finally vocalize this. He's saying it to the media. He's saying it to to reporters. And I think it's it's about time that he stood up and said, we need more talent. They had $60 million mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in salary cap space going into the offseason. They're still going to be able to restructure some contracts. They're still going to let some players go as well to free up more space. I think they have got to go out there and find some line talent, especially on the offensive line. They've got to shore up the defensive line as well. I mean, mm-hmm. their, their secondary is not bad. Not their secondary is not bad. But they do need to shore up that defensive line and the offensive line, but primarily that offensive line. And he has every right to expect it. I mean, I think Lockett has overperformed. Oh, yeah. And DK Metcalf was like lightning in a bottle. They got, I mean, with all due respect, they got lucky. He slipped way down into the second round, and they snagged him. And the reason he slipped that far is because people didn't think he was going to perform this well. And I think if Pete Carroll, you know, I don't think he would have taken him in the first round or even halfway through the second round. So he got lucky with him just sitting there in the second round. Uh, and I think Wilson has every right Why'd you to wait demand so it. long? Why'd you wait so long, <laughs> man? Uh, it's just, uh, I just... Yeah, no, I, I think it's about time that he speaks up because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that does. But now that he is, I think the Seahawks are going to listen. Why y'all wait this long, man? And I think that's what, what Wilson is going to say when he, they, yeah. they draft a couple of offensive linemen. Because you don't want to see him in his career do what a lot in of quarterbacks prime, have done. In his prime right now. I mean, it, it broke. I mean, it's Peyton Manning, maybe, you know, he did some sketchy shit there at the end of his career. But to watch him play year after year with Indianapolis with no defense, with limited skill players on offense. Yeah, he had Edron James, Edron James for a minute. Hall of Famer. Apparently, <laughs> apparently everybody's a Hall of Famer. And it's just it just makes me wonder what you know, what the Seahawks plan is for for that team. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, don't waste this guy. I mean, it, it look what Andy Reid did with Patrick Mahomes. They are going out and getting guys every year. I just I hate to see him wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. I mean, with it, and it's always the same issue: the offensive line. I mean, we, we, this is our fifty eighth episode, and we've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast, we're and not only podcast, but even beyond the podcast. Yeah. Before we're doing the podcast, we're sitting in front of the fire over here. Yeah, we have a nice fire burning. We have my neighbors. Beautiful <laughs> pool filter in the background. If you can hear that, I apologize. But we listen and we record this outside. Come rain, come shine, come cold weather. And tonight we can see our breath out here. Uh, next up, the quarterback coach finally hired. 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They haven't had a quarterback coach since they promoted Randy Feekner to offensive coordinator in 2018. They need a quarterback. So they, fi- they hired Matt Canada. He was hired last Wednesday. The Steelers were two weeks into their offseason. None of their rostered quarterbacks have worked under an offensive coordinator who wasn't also the quarterback's coach. It's just nice to see they finally, finally, finally have a quarterback's coach. Matt Canada uh, became necessary for Pittsburgh after the last two years. Canada previously served as the offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach for Maryland, LSU, Pitt, nor NC State, Wisconsin, Northern Illinois, Butler, and Indiana. So a well-traveled person indeed, but they will need a quarterback's coach this year because the Steelers do not plan on hiring or, or seeking out a quarterback in the draft. But this next story for the Steelers is very, very interesting. They didn't have a quarterback's coach? No, not since Randy Finger was promoted ev- in 2018. Every team have Doesn't a every team have an offensive coordinator? No. <laughs> not every team <laughs> not does. Not the Eagles, apparently. Uh, no, but not. But yeah, we had no quarterback's coach uh-huh. uh, last year and this year. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, and it, and it showed. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it it didn't show in in uh, with you purchasing a, a new a new jersey. Yeah. Well, but that's the you beauty. Know, Devlin, of, Devlin, uh, Hod- Del- Devlin, 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 Hodges, Devlin. Yeah. Hodges it took jersey. the league two games to figure yeah. him out. Yeah. He played two good games. I ordered the jersey at the end of the second game, <laughs> and by the third game, the NFL had completely figured him out. Uh, so that was very, very that, depressing. That was I had no idea. Yeah. They, right. And it's about time that yeah. they have a quarterbacks coach in there. Uh, very, very interesting stuff, especially from, uh, from, from the Steelers. But next up, I thought this was really, really interesting from the Post Gazette in Pittsburgh. During Fox's pregame show ahead of the 2020 Super Bowl, the famous Steelers immaculate reception play was announced as the greatest moment in NFL history as voted by fans to commemorate the league's one 100th season. The play, of course, happened during the AFC divisional round game between the Steelers and the Raiders in 1972. Franco Harris's improbable catch and score on fourth and 10, fourth and 10 lifted the Steelers to a 13 to 7 win at Three Rivers. They did not go on to the Super Bowl that year, but they did go on to win four. What do you think about the immaculate reception winning the greatest moment in NFL history? The Steelers. I, I wasn't around at that time. I mean, I obviously I know which play it is and I know what happened. Um, is it the best play of all time that I've ever seen? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I, it, it, it's, it's kind of when you don't witness it live and you're not there cheering for, you know, whichever team or just watching football in general. In 1972, I wasn't even close to being born. I was two. Yeah. <laughs> And you, you were very, very young yeah. as well, Ben. I remember it just like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you think it is? The Steelers. That is your team. Of course, I think it's the greatest it's play. It's the NFL best history. ever. It's the best ever. <laughs> well, close your eyes, Franny. Close your eyes. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away, and his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Michael Harris has it. Five seconds to go in the game. Fourth and ten wins 
that game, yeah. that playoff game. Yeah. I mean, it's about as amazing a moment as you can have as a fan. That's a great call, yeah. by the way. But I, I mean, I'm sure for all Steelers fans and anybody watching football at that time, it, like, it, Philly, it, Philly. It, it, it was pretty. No, no. For, <laughs> for me, for the Eagles, for, for me, for the, as an Eagles fan, it was the Deshaun Jackson punt return against the Giants and that that miraculous comeback. Yeah, 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 for yeah, me, yeah. That's true. That's true. For me, that's the best play that I've ever seen. As a football fan. Yeah, and you didn't go into and you didn't go on to win the Super Bowl that year. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. <laughs> but we basically kicked the Giants out of the playoffs yeah, yeah, at exactly. that point. And we and we dumped the Raiders, but we didn't win. But still those plays are so memorable. Yeah. Uh because they're so unexpected, I think. Mm-hmm. And that play as well, I think, was completely unexpected. Yeah. Uh yeah. Oh, you, it's better than the catch. Oh, who's the catch again? It was uh was it Joe Montana to uh Oh, um, to tight ends or whatever it was. I can't remember the tight ends. But game. I mean, this play was better than that. I mean, the, the, for, for sure, this play, I mean, it was pretty miraculous. The and ball it was got a catch. batted back. Yeah, yeah. And Franco Harris catches it. I, I think he caught it. I mean, there, there, there's no video evidence that he did not catch it, but he caught it and he, he ran it back. He definitely caught it. Yeah, well, it's kind of grainy evidence. I mean, it's you can't yeah, really yeah, tell. Yeah. So I mean, I mean you can it, even it, hear the audio is yeah. not that great. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that was, and I think the, it shows that the NFL fans are thinking, you know, back further in time mm-hmm. than a couple years. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. that's impressive and about it, the NFL. Yeah, and it, it it is still pretty amazing. You, I mean, if if you're an NFL fan, you know that play. You definitely do. All right. Next up, we have our. Feel good story of the week. Oh, uh, here it is. Where's the where's the lead of music? I was gonna talk about how terrible Art Rooney is because he doesn't want us to draft a quarterback, but <laughs> everyone knows that we're not gonna draft a quarterback, and I'm fighting an uphill battle hey, with the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Eddie Bridgewater's available because they just assume Drew Brees that, is available. That Roethlisberger, Andy gonna, Dalton, Andy Dalton could be your savior, Ben. I still say trade up for Justin Herbert, <laughs> but we have our feel good story of the week. <laughs> It makes me feel like just just good in my soul. Yeah, it's like an after school special. So the 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 feel good story, Franny. What is our feel good story? Uh, whatever it is, you're going to ask me. How do you feel about that? You, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's something that you know the NFL players are doing, either former players or present players. We hear about Antonio Brown. We hear about Beckham. We hear about all these guys out there doing terrible things to other people, to themselves. And there are a lot of players out there. Malcolm Jenkins is coming up next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of players out there that. Do oh, you really... have these things stockpiled. Oh yeah, I got a. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I got a. I got a Seahawk story for Sonya, and I got Malcolm Jenkins we'll ne- next week. Make sure that Sonya's outside for that. And you know, we there are a lot of good works going on out there, and it's not by the owners who have fifty times, a hundred times, two hundred times more money than the Thousand. players do. These guys uh, are billionaires, and these guys are really doing good work. This is from Derek. Wolf. This is out of East Liverpool, Ohio. Uh, the idea of giving back took on new meaning this year when two Beaver local high school graduates donated $1 million, which is a ton of money for a small school district, for a new turf football field and other upgrades. One of those graduates is Denver Broncos defensive tackle or defensive end, Derek Wolf, class of 2008. The other is Manhattan entrepreneur Jamin or Jamin. Pastor, class of 2001, who has formed, they have formed a close-knit relationship 
which started on the Beavers football field. Wolf, who is heralded as the best run stuffer in the NFL, was just 14 years old when his Beaver local coach, Rich Wright, encouraged him to attend a football camp where Pastor was helping coach while on break from Duke University. Pastor, who had been valedictorian of his class in 2001, I believe, uh, and the only Columbiana County football player to have been a finalist for Mr. Football in Ohio took the young wolf under his wing and began to push him, not just athletically, but academically. During a press conference Tuesday or this past Tuesday to announce their donation, Wolf said, Pastor has always believed in me, always made sure I stayed on the up and up. He's the closest thing to a brother I have. And that started on the football field. Pastor has a, an investment firm in Manhattan a graduate of uh, Beaver Local High School in East Liverpool, Ohio, but donating a million dollars to the turf football field as well as many, many, many of the athletic facilities there. This is the kind of story we want to highlight. This is a lot of money for a small school district. I mean, it, it, it's huge. I mean, mm -hmm. there are a lot. I mean, out here we live, we have Oaks Christian High School, which oh, probably yeah, some, know, some people have man. heard of. Joe Montana's kid went to school there. Uh, well, I mean, many we, NFL we, players. Even Sierra Canyon, where uh, LeBron's kid plays right up the street. Right over up the here, street here. Even about four miles away. And they have that plenty. That is a nice little stadium that they have set up over there yeah, for uh, I mean, not, arena, not stadium, but an arena. You but, also, yeah, but Oaks Christian, though. Man, that's a nice little stadium. I mean, it's like a little city up there. So, I mean, these smaller schools where a lot of these kids need facilities, they need mentors, and it's so nice to see someone like Derek Wolf give back to a small school where you know someone took him under under their wing mm -hmm. and now he's going to go there and I'm sure he's going to take other players under his wing as well. So yep. this is our feel good story of the week Friday. How do you feel? <laughs> it's terrible, Ben. <laughs> it's I, I, terrible. I, I, what do you want me to say? No, and it's great. We just we we just mentioned it. it's it's great and it's a feel good story and I'm sure you have some lead out music. Too. I do. So soothing. So here on a podcast that we thought would probably last an hour yeah, we're two hours after, in. Right. after the <laughs> NFL Super Bowl, uh, we're two hours in and we're going to get into the alcohol portion of the show. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up, Ben, we have some, a little bit of housekeeping before we move into that portion oh, of the show. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Hey, you're all listening to the Thirst and Goal podcast. Thank you all so much. This is a show about football, fun, friends, beer, and bourbon reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstygold.busproud.com. You can subscribe to all our past episodes. You can check out our show notes where we have links to all the stories that we cover, all the browns, the bourbons, the cognacs, the scotches that we review. You can get links to all the different podcatchers out there, CastBox, iTunes, all of it, Apple Podcasts. Everything is there for you. Please, please, please leave us a review. You can email us direct from our website. You can call us direct from our website, from the show notes. And you can follow us on Twitter, on my mediocre Twitter account, and on Frane's amazing no. photography on his Instagram account. Your Twitter, Ben, is awesome. Well, it's it's, uh, it's a labor of love. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're quite good at tweeting. I'm quite good at... Hello. You're, you're, quite, you're, the, you're quite good at tweeting. You're quite the tweeter. Can I take you out to dinner sometime? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know where I came up with that. Uh, but you can you can do Could all I? that, and you can check out Frane's <laughs> photos on Instagram, Please, 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 one favor. If you like the show, tell a friend, tell a relative, tell a coworker, tell someone on the street who you hear talking <laughs> about the NFL that they must, must, must 
download the Thirst and Gold podcast. Grab their phone away from them. Ask them what their <laughs> podcatcher is. Search for Thirst and Gold podcast in there and subscribe them for us. We would really, really appreciate or it. Or a five-star review. Or leave us a five-star <laughs> review. Uh, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have the betting corner, but do we really have a betting corner? We don't. We're just sort of announcing the hiatus of the betting and corner. We're going to have to figure out something because the XFL is in full effect right oh, now. Yeah, I'm going to bet. And there are, well, I guess we kind of have to study, you know, like do, do a little bit of uh, research and see, you know, which teams are better than others. I mean, I can't really tell. Today was just the first day, so it's... I, I, I wouldn't be able to make a bet next week, but we'll definitely make bets in the future uh, with Monopoly money. Of course, it's for fun. Well, let's see. <laughs> well, today it was 19 to 31, right? Yeah. So what is that? That's 50. That's 40. That's 50 points, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think it was like 51 was the over under right there. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they, they, they have the over under on the screen, on the scoreboard, the entire game almost, or, or they just, you know, pops up on the screen every once in a while. And the other was 54 mm-hmm. in the Wildcats Roughnecks game. I, lo- I listened to a couple, a couple podcasts, national podcast that everyone listens to like cbs and there's another one out there and they all said that taking the over was like taking candy from a baby Mm -hmm. and or taking the under was like taking candy from a baby but clearly that's not true yeah so we're gonna do a little bit more research and we'll get back to you on our for sure on our betting corner all right all right, right. Funny. what's next up on the big board? next up on the big board now it's our drinking portion of the show we have our shot of the week every week we do have a shot of the week and this week there's really no story behind the shot uh, like i mentioned earlier in the podcast ben for christmas got me a whole bunch of stuff but one of the things he got me was uh a, uh, a the badass book of shots basically so there's 1400 recipes for all of these various shots and this is Starting with the first shot in the book. How many shots are in the book? There are (laughs) 1,400. We'll get to all of them eventually. Uh, And uh, this one is called the A-bomb shot. And this one was concocted with vodka. We use Tower Vodka, uh, which is a very good vodka for a very low price. It's only about 15 bucks. Um, And also a little bit of Kahlua, the Kahlua Dark in this case. So it has a higher uh, alcohol content. And we also added a little bit of cold brew Starbucks coffee. And Ben, if you're falling asleep, this will wake you up just a little bit. All right. Well, we're going to just try this shot out. We're going to play one of the best songs in the history (laughs) of music. In Do the we background while we, we, want to? while we drink this shot. We'll play it really low for you guys. Very low. So we can actually taste the shot over a shot that won a Grammy in <laughs> the Thirsting Gold Grammys this past year. Hey, cheers, Ben. Cheers. A little bit of caffeine. A caffeine right, what's boost in this? for you. Exactly. So it's vodka, Kahlua, the dark Kahlua. Ooh, the dark So it's Kahlua. slightly higher alcohol content. And the cold brew coffee. And you love cold brew coffee. I hate cold brew coffee. I, I love it. Cheers, Ben. All right, here we Let's go. Give us a shot. 80 proof, 100 proof more. There's no limit to the potion to the floor. That is actually really good. Oh, wow. It's a little bit. It's it, coffee. It's a little It's a little nutty. A little bit of nuttiness to it. There's a little nuttiness in there. But that's because most of it was vodka. And so I expect it to taste more vodka. <laughs> not that, like the rum you gave me that, last week. <laughs> that coffee is really coming through. I mean, it has that's a really nice good. sort of coffee finish to it. And that'll wake us up. Just a little bit. It is just about 11:30 p.m. right now, yeah. Saturday evening. Actually, so. and, if, and folks that don't know the podcast or don't actually hang out with us in our backyard, 
don't know that that's much earlier than we normally are at yeah. this portion of the show. Yeah. Uh, so I might actually get Franny to listen and to And we even watched a, a little bit of the Lakers game, yeah. too. Which we watched a little bit of LeBron have to come back into the game for no good reason to save them against at the, the end of the game against the hapless Golden, Golden State, State Warriors, Warriors for no reason. Yeah. Uh, but Franny, so, uh, so is the plan to go through the entire book? Uh, eventually, yes. I mean, the next shot will be... The next one, the second shot in the book, which is going to be a spicy sort of shot, has some vodka, has some uh, uh, Cholula hot sauce in it as well. And so, uh, you know, we'll definitely do that one next week, and I'll just keep on going down the list and see which ones we can concoct. But this one was... That was really, really good. I mean, it was nutty, it was sweet, it had a little bit of a... The coffee flavor was not overwhelming. Not overwhelming, Which I thought it would be. But just enough, just enough to just, sort of kill the vodka. So what was the what was the breakdown on the was it one third one third one third? What was the well sort the of the, uh, the cold brew just a little bit of the cold brew in there. I think a lot of the coffee flavor and sort of that nuttiness comes from the Kahlua itself. Uh, most of it is vodka with the uh, you know just maybe so half vodka, maybe a quarter of that is the Kahlua, and then just a little pinch of. <laughs> well, I mean it was yeah. it was. When you brought the out the cold brew, I thought, okay, well, this is going to be a little bit, it won't be one of my favorite yeah, shots. But this was actually But this turned good. out to be much, much better. And Frane, for the record, all of you out there listening, all of our new listeners, all of our faithful longtime listeners, Frane concocts a new shot every single week. He has to go to the store. He has to buy the ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> Many of these shots are made by buying new bottles. We don't just mix this in the house with bottles that we already have. <laughs> Sometimes he has to buy almost every week new bottles, mixers, vodkas, rums, extra cognacs, bottles. all sorts of things. Because I don't know what we have. <laughs> exactly. We have many, many bottles of Tower Vodka in there. Uh, it, it is it is really a labor of love to bring these shots to you. And if you're having a party, a get-together, yeah. if you're just getting around to watch you know, your favorite episode of XYZ show, please, please, please consider using some of yeah. our shots. If you're watching All or Nothing. Yeah, if you're watching All or Nothing, we have and Eagle Shots. And Better Call Saul coming yeah, back better soon. Call, oh, yeah. We'll talk about that for sure. But also, just to mention, uh, me and Ben and Sonia, we are starting our Infinity Bottle. Ben also oh, yeah, got yeah. me a personalized bottle. It, it was a decanter uh, for, you know, a very fancy... Uh, whiskey or a scotch or whatever i mean i guess scotch is sort of whiskey but um so he did buy me uh that nice decanter it's personalized and it says on it it was engraved with uh thirst and goal podcast and the day the first day that we started which was november 4th of 2018 so that's engraved on the bottle and so we will and i will post this picture on instagram and ben will post it on twitter uh we are going to pour 20 milliliters of every single bourbon or rye that we have had on the show so far. Maybe we might throw a scotch in there here and there. Not an ILA because that will overpower that peatiness, that smoking. Maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe we'll throw in the yeah, Ardbeg. Maybe the Ardbeg. Maybe the Ardbeg because that is one of Ben's favorites. But we are starting an infinity bottle and eventually we'll fill up that bottle. Uh, this week we did add the Angel's Envy and the Eagle Rare, one of our first two bottles on the show so we are getting that started and uh next up on the big board what is next up on the big board Franny? <laughs> it is our beverage of the week uh, it is another cognac it is hold tight everybody well we're gonna taste our fifth or sixth cognac we will have a taste test coming up but we will taste our fifth at least our fifth cognac so hold tight
All right, and uh, we are back, and we are going to sample our beverage of the week, and it is the Martel Blue Swift Cognac. Ben, I'm sure you have some information for us. I do. We have tasted four or five. Well, five. Actually, we have five. We have the, f- this Martel. We have the Ade Fusigny. Uh, we have the Palais. I don't think that's how you say it, but that's, that's how I'm going to say it. The ABK6 and the Decortin. This is the Blue Swift, an audacious combination. This is a Blue Swift from Martel, an audacious combination. Martel Blue Swift is made of cognac. What is VSOP? Very special something, uh, something? Very special something. <laughs> we're, we're not professional yeah. uh, you know, uh, cognac drinkers, that's for sure. But we will give you our honest, honest opinion. opinion, and we will rate this for you very as well. Very special old product. Plan. Blend. <laughs> I was gonna say blend, blend. But, <laughs> but it's you know I think there's VS VSOP XO, uh, but this one go ahead Ben. Yeah. So we have the color. The color is copper with golden highlights, and that we can attest to. The aroma is a mm. gourmet note of banana, caramelized pear. Introduce the subtle sweetness of vanilla, coconut, and spices. The taste, a sensation of fullness. And generosity with notes of ginger and candied fruit, followed by distinctive hints of toasted oak from the Kentucky bourbon cast in which this is distilled. In 1783, Martel was the first Maison to ship cognac to the United States. Today, Martel celebrates the history, or this history, with another first, Martel Blue Swift, the first ever spirit drink made of cognac VSOP. And finished in bourbon casks. Though Martell's signature distillation process, through Martell's signature distillation process, the ODV absorbs the rich aromic tones of the bourbon cask. The result is Martell's hallmark style. Delicate notes of candied fruit and plum, complemented by the subtle sweetness of vanilla and toasted oak from the casks. Exceptionally smooth with a rounded taste and unique character serving tips for this particular cognac enjoy it on its own enjoy it over ice lengthened with a mixer or as a cocktail especially a julep and i'm pointing Uh, at you i'm pointing at you ben because the kentucky derby we poured this in the glass earlier at room temperature and we sniffed it and the aromas there weren't that many but now that they, it's been sitting out on the table and it's about 50 degrees, maybe just below 50 degrees outside. Smell it. And you'll actually get some of the aromas coming through now. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, see, I mean, it's earlier like, I couldn't well, smell hardly anything. Right. Exactly. Right when you pointed to cold, I mean, now you can get the fruity flavors coming through. Oh, wow. And we have enjoyed um, pretty much all of the cognacs yeah. we've tried on the show. I mean, they're it's, not, it's they're different. not, they're it's not different. overpriced cognacs that we've tried. I mean, they're around $40 or so, maybe 50 at, at most. So between 40 and $50, this Martell is about 40 or so. Um, but it, it is interesting that it was, uh, you know, finished in bourbon casks. But wow, the wow. flavor when it's cold, you can really smell it now. I mean, and that, that, that burnt sort of banana. I can never smell of, the banana. I do smell the caramel. Caramel for sure. And the pear. For sure, but it smells delicious. I smell the vanilla. Chilled. I don't smell the coconut as much, but I do smell the spices. But definitely a fruity a fruity flavor. A fruity, Are all a fruity cognacs aroma. made in France? 
Uh, this one is. It says product of France right on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm guessing they are. I mean, just like, uh, you know, champagne. To be called champagne has to come from the Champagne region yeah, of that's France. True. It can't be called sparkling wine. So maybe and they're struggling down there. All right, I'm gonna give this a taste. Yeah, cheers, Ben. Cheers to you. Here we go. And the color is beautiful. I mean, the, the color, color, the copper color of nice this is I mean, amazing. It. It's flickering in the lights it's, there. I mean, when it says copper with golden highlights, it means copper with golden highlights. It is beautiful. That's good. I I, I taste a little bit of. Oh wow! A little bit of chocolatiness too, like right at the finish, almost like a dark. It was sweeter chocolate. earlier too. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't. We didn't we, I cold like it's, this because it's, it's about forty-five degrees out here, folks. Yeah. Because, like Ben said, we record the podcast outdoors among the elements <laughs> and it's a fire cold. burning in the background. That we, we have can't a even, fire. It's not even close enough that we yeah. can feel it. Because Franny was nice enough the other week to buy us a brand new television wow. screen, so now everyone can see what I'm doing on my computer. This is good. It's good. It's a really oh my good God, the, I mean, the, the nose is beautiful. The taste is... Hmm. The color is beautiful. Definitely got that caramel, a little bit of honey. Little, it's much... Slight, it's, the spice comes through when it's cold. Just a little I bit of spice. I can taste the spice more. Just a little bit, and it's like the right amount. It's mount. like the perfect amount. Mm-hmm. It's not overpowering. That's I taste for sure. The ginger. Oh man, I love. Ginger. And the bottle is beautiful. The bottle oh, yeah. is. They did a really excellent job with the. I mean, it looks like a little decanter. I mean, it's it's really nice. I mean, it's a nice thick glass. Hmm. Hmm. I taste the oak. Oh mm-hmm. my god, I do. I taste yeah, the oak. A, a I taste the ginger. Sure. I taste the spice. Oh my god, and the sweetness. I'm not sure if it's honey mm. or the candied fruit, but I mean, I taste that sweetness. The vanilla is coming through now. And a slight bit of creaminess as well on the oh, tongue. Oh, the creaminess is exceptional. Mm-hmm. I, I, to me, it's a little bit more than slight. It's it, it's. I mean, it's really it's your s- taste it, experience, Ben. It's yes, thank you. Where's, where's, <laughs> and I love that French music. Where's, uh, where's Alex? I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I know I've said this before. It's almost powdery. It, it's just this the. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of smoothness of it. A lot of scotches on the show, and you know we've enjoyed the scotches. But the cognacs, all of the cognacs on the show that we've tried, whether it's the Au de Fusigny or the Palais or whatever, I mean, we've, we've enjoyed every single one. They have their own sort of characteristic. Yeah. And this one... This has been my favorite very, so far. It's very smooth. It's full-bodied. It's, I mean, it's just easy to drink. It goes down. It's delicious. You know, you just yeah. you just want more. You take That's a cigar. sip. And you're like, you cigar? know what? I, I want a little bit of more. Let me see what other you know flavors are sort of coming through. Yeah, and, and, and like that, I said, you know, we're not we're not professionals at this. We're no, just giving you no. our honest, unbiased opinion because we're not sponsored by any one no. of these. Yes, please don't be under that brands. Impression. Yeah. And, and and people that listen to the podcast know that Frane's palate is a little bit more. That is not true. That is not uh, true. It's sophisticated it's, than mine. That is absolutely not and, true, Ben. Just like you say, my Instagram is better than your Twitter. That but is, it that is, is not. true. It's true. <laughs> Visual is always better than uh, better than words. Yeah, but I love the smell I like and a, I love the taste uh, and I love the color. I like a drink. I mean, I, I typically like a. It's why I like the art bag. It's why I like the old Forester. And like you said, Ben, that spice. I like it. Pow! I like a, a drink that hits me and it's like wow. That is that is 
Bang. It, it hits you with that sweetness, that vanilla, that honey, next, that fruitiness, yeah. and then a little bit of spice at the end. Yeah. And then it's like done, and it's like I want more. Yeah, it's because usually the cognacs oh. are sort of they're too soft for me. They don't they don't sort of they, it doesn't have that pow. That's why I like a rye. That's, and maybe because it was uh, you know finished in, in in bourbon casks, you know, and we've we've had quite a bit of bourbon on the show. Hmm. I finished That's up. one of the reasons I didn't get to watch the XFL today because I was trying to figure out a Mine place. is finished and I will pour a little bit more for myself mm. because God, that's this good. is good. This, this is, is easily good. the best cognac we've tried on the show. So far, I would and, say... And I'm shocked by it. Oh, uh, even when you open the bottle and smell inside the bottle, it's really good stuff. And and and, and, and we're developing along with you, our listeners. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, like I said, unbiased, Who knew that, that the temperature of the bottle would affect the taste this much. Mm-hmm. Because I typically drink my bourbons, my scotches, and the rice. A little bit of You know, room like temperature, a- you know, 70 plus degrees typically. You know, 68 to 75, 80 degrees typically. And this one is, we're in the 40s outside. And we tasted this earlier just as a little sipping. Yeah, 48 degrees. You know, a little sipping earlier, and and, yeah. and Sonia, who actually tasted it, mm-hmm. uh, one she of our probably awesome enjoy hosts, it. she'd probably enjoy it more now. Yeah. But chilled, <laughs> because we always give it a little bit of a taste. We never really expect much until we get on the show, and then we try it now. This is when we give our honest opinions. And you know, when you mentioned chilled, I was like, yeah, that 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 is. It tastes way better, colder. Then at room temperature, this is this is what I imagine uh, as a younger person mm-hmm. before I understood cognacs, before I understood the difference between a wheat, you know, a wheat bourbon and a rye bourbon, and why I like the rye bourbons more so than That's the wheat good. bourbons. This is good. Uh, this would this is what I expected a cognac to taste like. When I tried one, yeah, and like I this said, this is we, as good as it gets. I mean, I'm sure there yeah, are we, thousand no, dollar cognacs. There are uh, some expensive ones, but uh, no, I mean, like I said, we enjoyed all of the other cognacs, and this one is probably my favorite because it is just the most complex. And I'm sipping wow. on it, and I just want more of it. And um, you know, we'll definitely have a taste test uh, next week. And uh, you know, maybe next week or the following week. I'm not sure. Uh, we have to get our our outfits. Uh, outfits together you know we always have an outfit together and uh you know we'll definitely put one together for and we this have to, and we have to brew another beer pretty soon and we will but we still have the other beers left yeah. over and actually i'm gonna take some home with me ben i'm gonna take some beers <laughs> home with me to help you finish those off yeah we, we have, have brewed we brewed an ipa and a hefeweizen, on hefeweizen this, on this and so i will uh i will grab a few of those hefeweizens before i leave because um we will brew one soon and uh wow i'm thinking of maybe i am amber shocked ale. Yeah, I mean the other. I mean, I liked all the cognacs, yeah. but none of them. Uh, they didn't. They were all enjoyable. They were all something I like to drink, but none of them sort of made me think about them. This one, you might. And the Ardbeg was like might, the Ardbeg was like a, a girlfriend that I'd broken up with. And this one might be your French girlfriend. I mean, that was oh Ben. <laughs> I might I might think about this at work on Monday, and that's what happened with the Ardbeg. I mean, I tasted it and I was like, hmm, is there Ardbeg at home? And this one is the closest thing from a cognac that I've tasted thus far. Friday, uh-huh. what would you give this on your thirsty oh goal scale of zero to ten? Of cognacs or just bourbons or I mean, just in general, just in general, like uh, what's cognacs. my rating? Yeah, your cognac rating. You know, just that's just rated against everything else that we've had on the show. I would say this is an eight out of ten. 
This is really high up there. Oh, God, that um, spice is coming through. Because I, I know I started. I really started enjoying the Isla scotches because there are so many flavors coming through there. But with this one, there's those like that fruitness. I mean, you're just like trying to fruity, figure, sweet, spicy, sweet, spicy, but oh. vanilla, and uh, maybe I could taste that coconut just a little bit too. Yeah, I can't taste the coconut. But I get a little bit of chocolate coming through. Just a little bit of uh, like a dark, a hint of dark chocolate at the finish as well. Uh, I really like that. That is very good. That is very good. That You're, you're going to be thinking about this at work, Ben. When you get home, you're going to pour this in your glass as uh, as your stress reliever at the end of the day. Yeah, this is, this is, this is a cigar outside, relaxing, sitting in an Adirondack chair. <laughs> With some nice music or a nice setting. Oh, Ben. <laughs> this is really, really good. I would give this... We are going to Nice. I'll rate it in terms of the cognac so far. I would give it a nine. Uh, compared, to other, compared to the other cognacs, yeah. this is the 10 of the other cognacs. This one. Well, I'm just leaving this that one, one open to yeah, the Yeah, but rest. this one is... I mean, uh, you know, we're going to have the taste test. We're going to have all of them lined up, all five of them. Um, so it's going to be a little more difficult, but... Uh, just from memory, this is the best cognac that we've had on the, the show. But the thing we do have to remember is we have to do the cognac taste test chilled. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. We'll just leave all the bottles outside. Oh, that was that was really good. Yeah. I'm impressed. Delicious. Absolutely. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board. Wait, so are we locked in? I'm a nine, you're an eight, or you're a ten? Well, I'm an eight as far as what we've had on the show so far. Okay. So, I mean, as a cognac, ten... If I was to rate against our other cognacs, but on the show, just in general, for all of the drinks that we've had, I would say an eight out of ten. All right, then because I will we've be. Had some excellent drinks. I'll be right with you. I'm gonna give it an eight in terms of the scale of everything we tasted. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, but for cognacs, this is right up there. Yeah. All right, what's next up? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week. Last week, we were very, very disappointed in that. Yes. So was it like a, a, a scotch ale or something uh, like that? It was, it was something. Was the it was something really Devil's weird. Canyon I, I wasn't, ale. I wasn't sure where they were trying to go with that beer. I mean, it was like a porter. I mean, it had some chocolatey notes, but it had a sour flavor to it, and it just fell flat in general it fell on its face i give it a five you gave it a four i probably should have given it four as well so you know what i figured i failed last week well i you wouldn't know, say I, that you don't brew the beer I, I know but i always tried to bring a good beer over for us to try and one place that have not failed with this brewery in general is Aligash. Everything we've tried from Aligash, everything from Einstock, everything from El Segundo has been great. And so I figured, you know what, let's try another beer from Aligash because their offerings have been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, their black was fantastic. Their, what was the other one called? Trapella. The Trapel was amazing. I gave that a 10. You gave it a 9. Amazing. Um, so let's give this a beer a uh, taste. Ben, you have the, the bottle right in front I of you. Hey, and, and I think these guys reached out to you. This brewing reached out to they us actually, on Instagram. They reached out to us and uh, they thanked us for, um, you know, giving their beer, uh, uh, you know, a sample, give it a shot on the show. And, um, you know, they said they're going to send us something back, which is very generous of them. You know, I mean, like Ben said, I mean, we're not sponsored by nope. anybody. We go out, we buy this, and we try it, and this is our unbiased, honest opinion, and both of their offerings have been 
amazing. And that's why I wanted to come back and get another Oligosh because I don't think this one will be bad. I, I expect this one to be amazing as well. Yeah, and this is a beautiful brewery all the way from the northeast in Maine. So funny. Oh, it smells great. Oh, there we go. I just smelled smelled it from my glass, and it smells amazing. A Belgian Saison. All right, let's taste this. Or smell it. Man, here, smell it from my glass, Ben. I don't know if you can get all the aromas coming through out of the bottle, but just smell that. Smell how fantastic. Look at that hazy golden. It smells so fresh. That hazy golden color right there in the glass and this is i mean if you could see the glass it's a foggy uh, it's a foggy it's like a hazy gold i mean look it's at that. a look at that. hazy foggy golden color but not coppery uh, in any way it's a re i mean it looks like it's like a citrusy sour I mean, sort of aroma I wish I had, i'm gonna pour it in this sh- shot glass. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, where's your okay? Go ahead, go ahead and pour it in there, and I'm gonna give it a shot. And uh, cheers to you, Ben. Before that starts spilling all over your computer, there because it already did. There's a little extra head on there. Oh, that's good. Mm. Weedy, a little bit of sourness to it, just a little bit. Smooth finish. That's good. Just make sure the computer is still functioning because I did spill beer all over my computer. It's good, but they're they're black and they're trapel. I think we're we're a little bit better. Well, this this, is a Belgian. Oh, let me tell you something about this beer. That's right. We 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 didn't actually (laughs) tell you about the beer. Uh, Alagosh Saison is their interpretation of a classic Belgian farmhouse style ale. Saisons Saisons were once brewed to slake. The thirst of farmers returning from a long day of toil in the fields. They were spicy, they were light, and they were drinkable. They brew this amber beer with two-row barley blend, malted rye, oats, and dark Belgian candy sugar. Northern Brewer Bravo and Cascade Hops deliver a citrus profile, as Franny noticed on the nose, with light bitterness. By fermenting with a traditional Saison yeast strain, notes of spice and tropical fruit accent the aroma. Citrus and peppery spice balance its pleasant malt character. This beer is full-bodied with a rustic, dry finish Mm -hmm. made for enjoying no matter which type of work you're returning home from. Interesting, interesting, Mm -hmm. interesting. And it is dry. It has a dryness to it. And you get that citrusy, you get the citrusy notes right away and a little bit of like that sourness, but not that sourness from last week. That yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like that a skunky sort of. Uh, and like I said, we don't enjoy everything that we try yeah, on the show. We definitely do. But not. all of the Oligoshes have been fantastic. And because we've been spoiled by their last two offerings, this one is good. But I'd say the black and the trapella are better, but this one is very, very drinkable, good. very the good. Alcohol by volume is 6.1%. Won the silver in the European Beer Star in 2019. Mm. Won the gold Actually, in the know. European Beer Star in 2016. And the silver in European Beer Star 2014. Yeah, the more I sip on it, I'm like, well, maybe it's it's up there too with the other ones. I mean, it's good. Let me take a it's big good. gulp. Oh my God! This is a this is what what this the, is a lawn mowing beer. Right what's here. the alcohol content on this? Because I was six, surprised six point one mm-hmm. six point one, which is fairly high. 
their Chappelle was nine percent, I believe, somewhere around yeah, there. Somewhere and up that there. one was that one was delicious. That one was was very very good, very drinkable oh at nine percent. Yeah. You wouldn't never guess that it's nine percent because it just goes down so that smooth, was a beautiful, beer. so crisp. But like you said, Ben, this is something that you could also drink very easily. I mean, it has that sort of dryness to it. So if you're into a dry beer with some flavor, this this is a very this is a fantastic beer. This is this is. It's gonna be hard Leave to write. It it's gonna, it's First, be, <laughs> he discovered Einstock, one of the best breweries in the world. No, I think we're we're also thrown off with Einstock because it is from Iceland. You know, it, it, I'm sure it's a small brewery. Not not too many people have have uh, sampled a beer from Einstock, but all of the all of the beers that we have sampled have been great. But from Oligosh, all of them. Have I been mean, this is amazing. Top notch. I mean, this is something that I mean, you mow the lawn. It's ninety degrees. You're in the garage. You wipe the sweat. You sit down. You wipe, you wipe the, the sweat, sweat off, off your, your brow. brow. You're thinking about a Budweiser or a Bush or a Natural Light. But I mean, it's so good because even their, but this this is gives you the same refreshment. Yeah, but even but their, it's a thousand times better. But even their black. Oh, the black was, was so good. Crisp and refreshing. Yeah, the black and you was don't good. expect that. I mean, you expect that from like, you know, just sitting back watching TV, you know, you crack it open without doing any sort of yard work. I mean, Ben does a lot of it. Um, but I mean, all of them are just crisp and refreshing. This one has a little bit of more, more of a dry, uh, note to it, but man, this is good. And the color is beautiful. It smells amazing. Uh, and it's so fresh. Man, this is, this, this brewery is amazing. They're, they're, they know what they're doing. That's for sure. I mean, they have a great story. I mean, they have a beautiful, beautiful brewery up in Maine. They have job openings, Ben. And they have job openings. You can work at Alagash. Uh, but it's a, I mean, in Portland, Maine, I mean, they have tours, they have tastings, they have retail. I mean, again, not a sponsorship. Not a this sponsorship is such, at all. It's very rare. We taste a beer, then we like taste the another one from, one from the same like, brewery. Uh, you know, not so good. Yeah. We taste one from, I mean, a local The Bonningtons bre- was shit. Bonningtons. That was, that was, was not, terrible. That was not very good. I mean, there, there's been quite a few that we did not enjoy. It seems like the Einstock beers, the beers from El Segundo Brewery, from Aligash Brewery. I mean, they're, they're all fantastic. This one is fantastic too. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, we taste, I mean, microbrews are all the rage. I mean, this is the new popular trend. Microbreweries who have, the more know, I drink it, a restaurant on site with the microbrewery. Uh, it, it, it's trendy to drink, you know, a small brewery's beer, but most of them, you know, they have one offering that's good and then the rest are not so good. And, and that's why Franny, to his credit, we try to taste multiple offerings from a brewery that we really like. Mm-hmm. And Einstock, you know, they, they, they came through. Most of their offerings were really good. So far, all of the Alagash offerings oh. are good. And that's a hard thing to do because we had the black, we had the Trapel. And now we have the Saison, and they're all fresh. And they're highly all rated. Highly very, rated. very, very good. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I mean, everything is highly rated. No, but it this seems one, like this one is highly rated. But that one from last week, I just picked up off the shelf. Uh, it had no rating whatsoever, and I see why it had no rating whatsoever at uh, Total Wine. But this one did have a high rating at Total Wine. I understand why now, and all of them actually, all of them are highly rated. And uh, the more I drink it, the more I like it. I mean, it, 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 it's it's smooth. It's easy to drink. I mean, ah, that's a good beer. And Friday's <laughs> not the biggest beer drinker drink in the lot, world. I don't. I don't drink a lot of beer. I don't. I don't. I definitely do not drink a ton of beer. You know, whiskey. That's what I drink 
most often when I go out, I drink whiskey. I don't, I, you know, Ben, you drink beer a lot. I do. You drink way IPAs more than I do. typically. Yeah. Uh, but and, there's there's a little bit of hoppiness in this as well. I mean, the more so you drink fresh. it. It's so crisp. It's yeah. so refreshing and light, but also it has a high alcohol content. Yeah. And like give you said, that bite. We 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 brewed a couple of beers ourselves. I mean, you know, obviously it's just a home brew, and and you know we we just have it in the pot, and and we're following in directions. Um, and and this is kind of what we want to match. We want to match that yeah, crispiness, exactly. That, yeah, and and and, and we did it. Uh, we were close with the IPA. The IPA was fucking fantastic. Yes, but <laughs> but that what, was a nine out of ten. Yeah. What what would you give? As high as I go. What would you give this, Ben? What would you give the Alagash? Saison. Of the beers that we tasted so far, mm-hmm. I'd give it a nine. Yeah. I'm, I'm I, always going to hold down on the yeah, 10. No, the, I, 10 I would, well, gave, the 10 is I my gave, white whale. I gave the Trapel a 10. The I gave the Trapel a 10. And um, the only reason I'm giving this an eight is because the Trapel is a 10, the black is a nine, and this is an eight because their beers are so good. And it's like, can it get any better than this? Uh, then that Trapel, I mean, the Trapel was fantastic. God, that was good. <laughs> and they don't sell a six pack for crying out well, loud. Because I mean, usually Friday leaves I'll, them behind I'll, so I can drink them. I'm, I'm sure they have. I'm sure they do have six packs elsewhere. Maybe I'm just not, you know, perusing the aisles <laughs> as well as I should. Um, because I spent a lot of time at Total, at, Wine. At Total Wine, and everybody knows me, and it's you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 a little odd, but yeah. <laughs> But with this 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 beer, I mean, I know where they have their Alagash set up for you know the single bottles, and I go straight and I went straight to that this time around. But it's so good. It, it is good. It is very good. All of their offerings are good, and and it's rare that we find an offering that or a brewery that we want to taste beer after beer after beer after beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the podcast for the last you know year and four months, you'll know that we taste a different beer every week. But when we find a brewery that we really like. We go back to it, and we go back to it until we've tasted as many offerings as we can or until we realize, okay, they had that one good offering and the rest are not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've tasted a whole – El Segundo, we tasted a bunch. Yeah, there was a couple. Uh, Einstock, we tasted a bunch. I think three or four. Uh, Alagos, we tasted a bunch. San Fernando Brewing, we tried to taste a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is really uh, – it, it pains me to say it, but it beats out the Einstock in terms oh, of yeah. the freshness. Oh yeah, it, 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 it the definitely freshness does. It definitely it. does. It, it really does. Um, and 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 you know, it's it's an eight because they've spoiled us. You know, I mean, a nine for the black and a ten for the Trapel. I, I mean, this would probably be closer to a ten if I didn't try their other beers. So, it's good. This is very good. I wonder how they do it up in Maine. Is uh, it the air? Is it the water? Are it's they growing the hops up in Maine? I'm not sure, but this is a really solid offering. Yeah. So if anybody out there, if you're looking for a good beer, if you see an Alagash on the shelf, give it a shot. I'm sure you will not be disappointed. And don't be shocked if we have an Alagash on the podcast next week. Or in the or near the week future, after or in the, the, near or in the future. Yeah. Uh, all right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping. And uh, this is a little depressing because I know how much you love doing this podcast. I love this. Uh, it, it's a shame. I mean, we are two hours and 36 minutes in, and we could go for another three hours. That's how much we love doing this and how much we appreciate all of you for listening to it. 
Uh, so please, please, please come back and listen to our podcast as often as you can. This is a show about football, fun, friends, and beer and bourbon reviews. We review bourbons, scotches, cognacs, as you heard tonight. Please head over to our website at thirstinggold.busproud.com. There you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. It's not just about the NFL. You can get all of our beer, bourbon, scotch, cognac reviews in our past episodes. Look at our show notes. Check them out. You can get all the links to the stories that we talk about and links to all of the brown, you know, the bourbons, the scotches, the cognacs. You can get lists uh, or links to all of those as well as to all the beers we review. You can get links to all the podcatchers, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, all of them. You can listen to them all right there. And as Franny would say, leave us a five-star review <laughs> on one of your podcatchers. You can email us directly from our show notes. You can call us directly from our show notes. You can follow us on Twitter and on Franny's amazing <laughs> Instagram with the photos that are just, you know, they are, they are, they are museum quality, the photos. Thanks, Ben. And you can do everything else you would ever want to do on our website. So please, please, please. And one favor before we leave, if you know someone who would like our podcast as much as you do, please tell a friend, tell a relative, tell a coworker, grab their phone away from them, get their podcatcher, search for Thirsty Gold Podcast, and please subscribe them to our podcast. We would really, really appreciate it. Ronnie. Anything else to add before we bid our fans adieu? No, thank you very much for listening. And next week we'll have a little bit of extra XFL news because Ben will catch a couple of games at Absolutely. least for tomorrow on Sunday. And also we'll talk a little bit about all or nothing. Yes, for sure. Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. Thank you all. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.